wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy and of course welcome to the collaboration episode for black history month i know there were some glitches there but it's okay technology is man-made so that means it's bound to mess up so here we are i'm your girl stephanie hardy host and creator of the hardy wrestling podcast host and writer for women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show and website on the planet and color commentator for the belladonna division battle club pro and black girl magic 2022 and i am so happy to have all of these kings with me today okay these are the guys of the wrestling realm which is an amazing podcast that i've had the pleasure of listening to and you know just embracing and also these are guys that i've had the pleasure of meeting as well last year at black wrestle fest so all of these men i'm going to try to introduce as best as i can because they have so much that they're doing so much that they're contributing to life and wrestling so of course we have the host um all of well all of them are hosts but first of all i'm going to start with brian h waters he is everywhere all at the same time (laughs) he is doing so many amazing things in wrestling and he's a producer he's a host himself of various shows and i'm so happy to have him here along with has the third who is a photographer and host of the wrestling realm brandon the guy guy who is an amazing belt collector and host of the wrestling realm and last but certainly not least the real Dwayne Allen. How are all of you guys tonight? Oh, we good. We good. I'm real. I'm real good. That was excellent. We can unmute now. Can yeah. we say things? <laughs> that was, that was pretty. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was pretty good. But you, you gotta, you gotta uh, say my name right, though. <laughs> no, come on, man. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, you gotta say my name the right way. You want me on this? Come on now. Oh, it's not has the third. No, it is H to the S, T to the E to the three R D, baby. Let's go. 
Oh man. Well, all Her, I've ever I heard everyone say is has the third. So <laughs> I apologize. Um yeah, I've really known my good brother. Too. You can't take him anywhere. This for yeah. the past <laughs> 20 some odd years, and sometimes he don't know how to act. <laughs> so brother, you know where. Mm-hmm. Well, company, we gotta we gotta control him. I usually sit next to him to keep him in control. Oh, right. that is true. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's just I just go by from what I hear. I heard has the third, so that's why I was calling you. No, but so maybe good. next time I'll spell it out and do you know do it to a beat or something. But look. But this time, we just have to, you know, do it the way that I've heard it. You know, love and peace to Jeff Jarrett at this time, too. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. Um, but I'm so glad to have you guys here for Black History Month. So, because we're here to talk about Black excellence, and you guys are the definition of that. So, wow. I just had to talk talk to you guys about what's going on in wrestling. What's Where's the state of where we are? How are you guys feeling about it and all of the above? But before I get into that, I just want to hear how did you guys meet each other and how did you guys decide to start this show and have you ever thought did you ever think that you would be here in this place now well I guess I'll take this because I'm the, the center field yeah, he's, he's kind of the common denominator that is true yeah. so mm-hmm. uh sixth grade is when I met brother Hugh we That's was right. uh you know I went to a, ca- a Catholic school was predominantly white and mm-hmm there was always an influx of black people that came in sixth grade and that's when brother Hugh came and it was like a very pivotal time in life uh, Mm -hmm. where I started like discovering like rap music. And then the next year was when we really like the attitude era was taken off to a new level. And me and brother Hugh would always talk wrestling and a lot of times get in trouble. Um, matter of mm-hmm. fact, he caused me to get a conduct slip. There you go. Oh no! Because he was talking about because he sat right <laughs> in front of me, and we had a silent lunch, and he decided to talk about it. <laughs> and um, so there was that. Uh, so that was say ninety six, ninety seven, uh, two thousand. Um, I was in high school, and mm-hmm. for some reason, in gym class, they didn't put brother Brandon. They didn't give brother Brandon gym until his twelfth grade year, and. I remember because I was thinking this dude over here looked like Glenn Rice, who was playing for the Lakers at the time. Wow. Wow. You You try to say I looked old in high school? Thanks. No, no. It's just like you just look like Glenn Rice. And then so what happened um, one day. (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. Does he still look like Glenn Rice? Is that like Glenn Rice? (laughs) (laughs) I got to double check. Continue, Brian H. Waters. So one day somebody was talking wrestling, and and Brandon just in a subtle way was like, "No, well, actually, such and such happened." And I was like, "Well, you like wrestling?" Yeah. Then, little did I know that I would learn to grow. Well, learn to know that he is the number one, not number two, not number ten, the number one Jericho Holic. And mind you, this is in two thousand, and this one I knew was a, a good friend. He let me hold the tape, and most of the time. People mm-hmm. not gonna let you hold their tape if it's their favorite wrestler, and mm-hmm. um, so there was that. Uh, so I met brother Brandon. We became uh, good friends, and then he went to college, but we still maintain contact. And you know, big big wrestling events, we would always hang out. And then uh, after taking a couple year break, a couple years of break in um, between community college and undergrad, I started. And then the second <laughs> semester, I was in this TV studio class, and while I was there. Uh, we was introducing ourselves, and my friend Danny says, he's got a wrestling show. And I was like, now I the time to talk about that. And then I see, hear somebody says, there's nothing wrong with that. And I turn around, and there's a six-foot-seven guy 
Six, like seven. On basketball six, team. Six, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, my fault. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. It's a you like every time. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, so, you know, um, so me and Dwayne, we, we connect that, and he'll say I had gave him my only business card with the show that I don't do anymore. <laughs> but um, every day we would talk wrestling, and it was to a point where people would, like, be in class and then they would go to class see us talking wrestling and then they would leave and come back and we still be talking so mm-hmm. we call those the unaired editions of the wrestling realm and you know we decided you know like to use the opportunity to create the wrestling realm as a way to help us apply what we was learning in the classroom and you know between the lighting and the setup i mean if you look at season one on our youtube channel mm-hmm. it's a completely mm-hmm. different looking show I wish we had a behind the scenes photo because we was using like a big CRT television mm. as a wow. monitor to make sure we set the camera up right. And then one day I just brought them all together at a wrestling show, like slowly. But no, surely. it was a little bit more. It was more. <laughs> it was more than that, right? <laughs> Come on now. No, I'm saying like how y'all met. It was just I, I don't remember exactly when. It was just like okay, we're going to this wrestling show, and then oh yeah, this is Brandon. Okay, this is Hugh, and then you know we just became the you know became brothers. I think that was I think I think that was the biggest thing is that when we first got started, we used to travel real deep when it goes to the wrestling shows. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and we were hitting everything. We were hitting indies, locals uh, and then, you know, anything from from Baltimore to Philly yeah, or maybe Jersey. You know what I mean? We were we, we were hitting towns at that time. You know, we were kind of all young and still didn't have too many responsibilities and families that we, you know, that kept us. From, from ticket got us a long way. Oh, yeah. So, right. you know, it's it was, uh, I guess, about 2011, you know, as, as Brian, they said, and we what we did was we 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 wanted to take a different approach to professional wrestling. Right. Mm-hmm. It, uh, podcasting was still relatively new at the time, let yeah. alone a video type show. And we, we were both video production majors and we were dabbling in audio. And like Brian, they said, we were trying to we were trying to apply what we were learning to our own craft and our own brand of what we were doing. Like, so why not? You know, it, it, it seems so far away. You look at it now and it's, it's, you have so many people and so many content creators doing so many great things, but it seems so obsolete because back then you had to have like equipment that didn't cost, you know, what it costs these days. Now it's very affordable to do something like this, but right. back, back in those days, it was accessible. Like I remember you had to film, if you want a quality video, you had to film on these giant P2 cards. You got like $500 a piece versus, you know, SD cards. Now you can get a two terabyte SSD card, you know, for $35. Right. So so one thing we always decided that we weren't going to let limitations or technology stop us from kind of milking the cow until it's completely dry, right? Like, look, we may not have the best resources, but let's use every possible resource we can to get the show off the ground. And, and that's what we did. And I think that's what separated us from a lot of people is that it was the level of professionalism. Brian Ace alluded to he uh, he had a he had a show previously before I met him. That's how I met him. We talk, we would talk about stuff that was on his previous show, and him and his co-host were set up in the kitchen. They would just talk wrestling, and that show at that time was getting almost three thousand, four thousand views from these two black these two black guys sitting in the kitchen talking wrestling. So wow. it goes to show you that the content was always there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And wrestling has always been kind of hot. So it's like, man, it, it, clearly this guy knows what he's saying. Like that, that people are tuning in to hear what he has to say. And it's not a joke. Cause you know, at the time it, it not like wrestling was overly popular. It wasn't overly mainstream. It was during that 10 year period where, you know, it, either you love wrestling or you didn't, you know, there was no, right. it wasn't a whole lot of cross over appeal to it. So, when he decided to leave that show, you know, due, due to a lot of unforeseen circumstances, we said, look, let's do a show, right? But let's do it like as professional as we can possibly do it. You know, we set it up. 
in the basement. We made sure we dressed the set. We did everything we possibly could to make sure that we used every resource we had. And just over time, Brian H will get a refund check. I will get a refund check. Brian H will upgrade. I would upgrade. And we will literally just keep bringing these resources together to just put the, put together the, the best product. And I remember it was so many things that we wanted to do that we just couldn't do because of limited technology. But just, man, as things began to grow and then we rebranded, we began to look at it with a more holistic approach of like, let's build a brand. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because representation matters at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the guys that you see sitting before you, that you have given so many wonderful compliments to, they, this is the group that was there day one. These are the conversations we were having initially. You know, when we traveled those shows, those shows, those car rides is like 90% oh that, that we produce now. You know what I mean? So it, it was so organic because there's a brotherhood. Like, like during those times, real life happens. You know what I mean? Right. And we were going through real life situations, but that never stopped us from doing what we needed to do. But guess what? Like I, I say this all the time. Uh, when I met Brother Brandon, you know, and, and I, I you know, I give him a lot of I give him a hard time a lot because he's he's so shy and he's so uh he he can't take a compliment. But I mean it to this day. I was down and out really, really bad at it. One point they never let that I can't afford to go to the show. Don't worry about it, I got you. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I couldn't eat at the show. Mom, you hungry? No, I'm good. Don't worry about it. I, he didn't ask me no questions, nothing. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, that that meant a lot to me because sometimes wrestling was my only escape, right? You know, from some real life situations, and and that's kind of what, what what drove the show, and to see where it has evolved from myself and Brian H, kind of having these conversations in front of camera, kind of talking about these topics that people really weren't diving into, mm -hmm. to completely evolving into a brand, to a complete network, to a channel. Where now we've, we've produced multiple different shows. We have so many things in the works. We're writing again. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's amazing to have the opportunity to come on shows like yours and to talk to other content creators and to hear them speak about us. Because at the time, we were just having fun. We were just using our outlet to just make a difference. And just, you know, we, we got tired of being tied down to everybody else's rules. So we said, okay, cool. We need a space where we can make our own rules. And I think, uh, if, I think when you think about Black excellence, in our history as a people, I think that's something that's kind of naturally embedded in us as we, you know, as we as we constantly push to get where we're trying to go. And that's just kind of what led us to today. And just, I'm, I'm 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 so happy of where the brand is and where it's headed. And it's like, man, we've been doing this almost 10 plus years, but it's like we're just getting started. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see where the brand is going. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you today. Yeah, because it's like when Brian first sent me the video, um, I believe in that video, you guys were talking about how y'all were together for 10 years. And I was like, dang, that is a long time. But at the same time, that's very commendable that you guys remain consistent with it because there are some people, you know, in this game who even when I started in 2020, who really aren't in it anymore. And that's due to life stuff or due to other things. And they just couldn't continue. But you guys had each other to lean on. And then you also had each other's, you know, intelligence to lean on as well, because y'all learned so much, you know, from your classes. And also as technology evolved, you evolved the show with it. And at the basis of it and at the core of it is friendship and brotherhood. And I think that's a very beautiful thing, you know, because when it comes to wrestling, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, it's just something that's just happenstance. Or when you start a show, it's just like, oh, well, I just decided to do this because of blah. No, like sometimes it comes from those conversations where you say you like a thing and then somebody comes in, they're like, I like this thing too. Or I like this thing too. Or I like this thing too. And you realize you got some best friends <laughs> in the midst of that. And then you get to know each other and realize that these are your 
family and it's really clear that the wrestling realm isn't just a show that it's a family and it's beautiful that you guys have that because i remember when i started my show i tried to ask everybody who i knew loved wrestling to do it and they were like no nah, i'm not comfortable now nah, i'm not comfortable and i was like well i guess i gotta go and do it myself and that's, that's you know and, and that's commendable because for you to be able to do that by yourself you know absolutely um, I sat there and I listened to your show. It's in my podcast rotation. And mm-hmm. the thing I always oh, enjoy you. is how you can captivate the audience and still like keep me engaged. Like, you know, you'll say something. You you don't sit there and just like complain about the product, right? You mm-hmm. give your take. And if it's something you don't like, and then you got like the cool segments and stuff. So I'm always like, I've been a fan. That's, you know, I was happy like a year ago, you came on Wrestling for the Culture. And, you know, yeah. we was able to just talk about stuff. And then, you know, obviously um, meeting at Black Russell Fest. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, like I said, it's an honor to be here. Oh, thank Indeed. you so much. No, absolutely, like... Stephanie. I, I, you know, just to point, you know, to his point. I mean, when I first had an opportunity to meet you, I was so impressed with you, um... with what you had done and, and, and what you were doing. And I was like, man, this is you always have a soft spot for content creators who are doing something completely unique. Because it seems like this can be it can be oversaturated, even though it's to me, it's never enough of black content creators especially in the world of professional wrestling but to see what you have done with women's wrestling like completely on your own you know i understand the people that you work with and things like that but you know it's 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 commendable to see like i said a queen such as yourself to be able to persevere through i guess a lot of things that that naturally come against you you know what mm-hmm. i mean so i was i was it, it warms my heart to see people like yourself and, and so many others to be able to really just put out the quality of work because that's kind of what we stand for. You know what I mean? It's like we, we know is everyone's going to talk wrestling, but mm-hmm. it's the quality of the work, it's the presentation. Um, one of the things I, I, I kick myself in the foot for is I, when I found out that you were trying to you were trying to catch interviews with everybody at Black Russell Fest and we were getting out of it. I'm like, man, I, I wish I wish I knew. Oh. I, I was just telling the guys yesterday on our show yesterday. I said, man, I wish like I found out. I said, oh, shoot, I don't. Like I was walking so determined, and you were like, "Oh, you look like you were busy," so I didn't. I was like, "I wouldn't even. I just walk like that naturally." I'd like if <laughs> no, I'd have known that, like six twelve, because we just as big right. as I'm six twelve. Like I was, just, and I was like, "Man, I should have went back and did it." Because I remember I, you were telling me, "Like, look, I'm going to start doing interviews," and you know, I, I'm 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 so happy to have this opportunity to speak with you now because I didn't get a chance then, just to tell you how much of I might what you really do because this is not easy to do. Like we know that, you know what I mean? So yeah, I can't thank you enough for having us right now. Of course, yeah, because it's just at Black Rust Fest, everything was moving so fast, and it was there were people who wanted to talk to me, like wrestlers who wanted to talk to me and stuff. And I just loved being there, and then I was just taking in everything because it was my first time in New York ever, first time up north like that. And then I'm trying to figure everything else out and all of that. And I didn't want to really like get in your way because the both of y'all had all y'all had this really impressive setup. Y'all had these microphones, y'all had these speakers. <laughs> Y'all had all the things, and I was just like, "Oh my god! Like, do they even have time? <laughs> do oh, we, they we, even we, we have, have time? time? <laughs> we always, but, always have time." Yeah. So I just didn't want to like interfere with anything y'all had going on, but I am really happy that we are having this moment right now because y'all are so. I, I love everything you guys do. I love the quality Thank of y'all's you. work. Like I listen to y'all when I'm at work. Mm. Um, at my desk, and I was just like, you know, I wonder what they have to say about this thing. It's like week yeah. by week. Like, I wonder what they have to say. All so, the shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. it's funny. Like, it's really funny at times. So it's just like, but I do wonder what you guys have to say because I respect your opinion. So I was. So I am happy that this is happening, and I'm just so happy that you guys found each other in that time. 
um, to have this show and come together in this way. And at the, and at the core of it is Black Brotherhood. I love it. I love it so much. So, in talking about that, I'm going to ask each of you a question. Mm-hmm. Who was the first Black wrestler that you saw that fully resonated with you in your fandom in its early mm. stages? Excellent question. <clears throat> oh, she she came with the hard hitting ones. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, I mean, you it's, said it's one fitting. that resonated with you. Yeah, one that resonated. With you. What's the first one that you remember? I could say the first one that I was a fan of was Ahmed Johnson. Mm-hmm. When I really think about it, like because you know, growing up like the early eighties, like during the Hogan era, I wasn't really checking for like color or whatever, right? But like mm-hmm. that mid like ninety six, I remember. Them, I remember Todd Pettengill making it known that he was the first African American intercontinental champion, mm-hmm. and then he was um, Dwayne is the action figure guy of the show. But yeah. my godmother, we this was there, uh, it was at Ames, and he'll be able to tell you the, the, the type of action figure it was, but it was the one that they had like the, the plate, the WWF plate, and mm-hmm. they would put their foot on. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the Ahmed Johnson figure. But yeah, so he would be the person that I would say was the uh, first one. Okay, that's pretty my man, solid. My man used to come to the ring with all the baby oil on. <laughs> <laughs> like, golly, boy! Oh boy, Taquan in the chat <laughs> on YouTube. Oh man, Taquan. <laughs> yeah, he's. Like virtual hug. Yeah, he's going crazy in the comments. Thank you for watching, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, um, Ahmed Johnson is a pretty solid, you know, favorite um, for res- for resonating with one. So what about you, Harris? Well, for me, I would say Booker T. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, he was pretty much one of the only ones at that time because I didn't really consider The Rock like fully black. Because he was more Samoan to me than black. Yeah, because that's how he was booked to us, to yeah. be honest with you. So that's, you know. <laughs> whole, right, exactly. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go to um, Booker T because uh, like, he was just a man in WCW. Like he <laughs> he was able to like I was able to relate to him more than anybody else that was on a, any other black person that was on the roster. I couldn't really relate to a D'Lo Brown or a Farouk at that time because like it was just all right, okay, whatever. But just coming from the hood, he looked like he was just like more realistic to me, and I resonated with him. Mm-hmm. He had that beautiful move set. And honestly, whenever I got a WCW game, that's the first person I went to. Booker T. Booker T. He was the man at that time. Yeah, because when you think about everything he did with Harlem Heat and CVJ, everything, and, um, and also not CVJ. I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, Stevie Ray. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> there's a lot of Stevies. It's crazy. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Um, and you think of everything he did as a champion as well like he was very instrumental in terms of black wrestling back then so i can kind of understand that um he solidified that u.s title yes he did it's very valid um Mm -hmm. and then he also won the title in the last episode of wcw absolutely so that was a very historic thing and then he went on to do big things in wwe as well so and he's still very much relevant to the future of wrestling even now right so that's a very valid answer but the rock is 
black. <laughs> no, me. I mean, like, yeah, like he is. Um, but it's just at that time he wasn't mm-hmm. his like, his daddy just, black. He black. He, he, right. Last name. <laughs> but just at that time, being a kid, he yeah. just didn't. Re- I couldn't all, relate. All you to heard him. about was his Samoan yeah, heritage. I yeah, I couldn't relate yeah, to that him. You, you never heard about his black side. They never talked about it. Never, never. So, yeah, yeah, they really didn't, you know, growing up, I never really heard that much about his black side, but I automatically assumed he was because I assumed that anybody who didn't fit the description of what I thought the other race was, was mm-hmm. black. Okay. I'm yeah. the girl. I'm the girl who thought that Princess Jasmine from Disney's Aladdin was black. Got it. Because wow. I didn't know better. There you I go. Didn't right. know she, she's colored. She must be black. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Pocahontas was black. Like there was okay. all of that differences for me. So when I saw the rock, first time I saw the rock, I thought he was black. You mm-hmm. and that was just it. Well, he was. But then when I learned more about his heritage, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And just you know moved on with that. But the book, but Booker mm-hmm. T is definitely a, ve- a very valid favorite. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brandon? So it's crazy because of course. He took my answer, Come but on, I'm gonna man. get. We always do that. He took. He took. He, <laughs> took, he took all of my answers. To be honest, but I'm gonna spin it for you because growing up, Booker T in the Harlem Heat with my grandmother watching WCW mm-hmm. it was somebody that looked like me, somebody that talked a little different. He stood out not only because he was a black champion, but because he was a good wrestler and he made you want to watch him. But then, as my adult years or older years, I shouldn't say adult, but as I got older, and I'm the exact opposite of Hugh. I actually paid attention to D'Lo because they were putting the mid card on his back. They were getting, right. you know, yeah, he had the, he was in the nation. He was this, you know, the whole thing with the bulletproof vest, but it wasn't called a bulletproof vest. You know, everything about it was like, oh, this guy can actually wrestle. They're giving him a title. Oh, now he has two. The only thing, you know, about that, it was, it made me focus more on, okay, well, let me see what he's going to do now with these mm-hmm. guys versus Somebody and I'm a, I'm a agree that you know the Rock was always Samoan until he had to be known as black and I'm, I I not agree with that 100 percent because all I remember him saying Samoan Samoan then grandmother told me you know Rocky Johnson is his father okay mm-hmm. and, he, used to, he used to come out with the uh, the little uh, what is it called the Sperry's on with the little shorts tucked in with the tucked in shirt I was like with hold the, on with, this with, this is not a brother with the tucked in polo <laughs> not from around here. Oh, yeah. But there was no denying that right. D'Lo was somebody Absolutely. that you could look and say, okay, look what he's done. He had two titles, you know, and right. I think he carried them probably one of the best double champions that we've Ever. had in the year. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty good and really solid there. Um, that's really solid fave. Um, so what about you, Dwayne? You did, brother. Yeah. Oops, hold on. We can't hear you. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. I know, he was oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's my Stevie Wonder Bob. Just... Um, <laughs> we all we all have different, like we have similar interests and similar stories, but for different reasons. And obviously, I, I'll start with for me, it was also Booker T. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I say that because originally, like me and my brother were, you know, we were me and my brother two and a half years apart. So we grew up watching wrestling together. It was always us. Every wrestling match that took place in my house between me and my brother. And mm-hmm. when Harlem he came along, it was like, oh snap, brothers, tag team, this is us. So, you know, naturally you, you kind of gravitate towards Booker T because it's it 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 wasn't even something that was intentional, it was something that we just naturally did. And then, like I say, when, when Booker T kind of went into his singles run as television champion. And then worked his way at the ranks in WCW. He was always a staple in my life, in my brother's life. 
And to me, he's still he's still the most decorated African-American champion in, in professional wrestling history. We look at his complete body of work and what he's done. There's no denying his impact on him. But uh, one that really resonated with me outside of Booker T, you know, that part of my childhood, you know, I have like sections of professional wrestling in my life mm-hmm. was uh, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton mm-hmm. Benjamin Ooh. was someone that when he came along, I mean, I was like, oh, we got it. We got somebody on the same level as right. Like I saw him on the same level as the Randy Orton's, the John Cena's. You know, the Brock Lesnar's, the Dave Batista's, because not he, I liked him in Team Angle, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. But it's when he started his singles run, mm-hmm. when he started coming out, you know, and kind of being his own man, his Intercontinental Championship run, I, his feuds with Carlito, his feuds with Randy Orton. Like, I saw him and Randy Orton as one and the same. And I felt like, oh, we have our next, we got our first black world champion. He was somebody that I really, really gravitated towards, you know, just coming up. And I'm, I mean, I don't know how old I was when he came around, but. But you know, he I, I was probably in high school, but yeah, but mm-hmm. but Shelton Benjamin was was that guy. I was so disappointed when his career didn't take off the way that I wanted it to, you know. Right. But but when you look at his career and his style about like I followed him to the independence, I followed him to Ring of Honor, I followed him to um to New Japan, you know, when he was you know Shelton X Benjamin, and then and then his uh his return to WWE and then his multiple tag teams he's been in with, of course, Cedric Alexander, and of course um Chad Gable and Mm-hmm. just he he's to see where he is now and i'm so happy that wwe is celebrating his career and the people that are in charge of recognizing him as being who he is instead of just a good hand Shelton right. Benjamin has, has meant so much to professional wrestling and the culture just to me personally I've, i was always a big Shelton benjamin guy i was upset with him one time you know when he didn't <laughs> give um money mike an autograph at a ring of honor show when he was a little kid but i, I got over that though like i, I buried that hatchet it was a long time ago but <laughs> <laughs> but but Shelton Benjamin is definitely that guy for me. So yeah, Booker T and Shelton Benjamin were the, were the two guys that I resonated with the most. Although I was a huge fan of D'Lo singles run, that was that's one of my yeah. favorite runs. Like yeah. D'Lo, D'Lo like, was the man, bro. When he finally broke away from the nation, and he was like he was that version of D'Lo. I was like, oh yeah, before Mark Henry and Jeff Jarrett. He was much as Brother Hugh used to sing his song in school. <laughs> See, he's <laughs> it's a real deal now. <laughs> hey. I was always wondering, like, how did his head stay on his shoulders? <laughs> it was crazy. Was like, 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 you look back and you, yeah, he was kind of going crazy, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like that was one of my mom's favorite wrestlers. She was like, "Uh oh, there you go, he's coming out." He's just, there you go. He helped put TNA on the map too. We can't he did. forget that. He That's helped he put TNA in the early but, stages. AJ Styles would not be who he is if it wasn't for D'Lo. That's the asylum years. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I think about Shelton Benjamin, I remember when he was coming through. Me and my dad were very high on him because whenever whenever we would watch pay per view DVDs, because we were buying mm-hmm. all, all the DVDs and we couldn't watch pay per view live, oh, like yeah, I would go back, <laughs> I would go back and look at him and how he would perform in ladder matches and different yep. cage matches, and he would do all this crazy stuff that I had never seen before, like stick his landings on ropes and stuff, mm-hmm. and I would just wonder, like, how come, how, why? He has all of this this amazingness within him. How come y'all are not, you know, letting him be the guy? And it did disappoint me. So I understand that. But also in the midst of that, he did make the best of the situation by, you know, finding where he did fit. And Absolutely. then even after he left, you know, he still did that very same thing. And then he came back and he's still doing it now. But mm-hmm. he's not just the guy that people used to just kind of like oh well just put this person over just put this person over like mm-hmm. no like he is a substantial talent and he is helping others to rise in their um 
rise in the company too. And I'm glad to see him get his respect as well. Absolutely. Like he was fantastic. And mm-hmm. Booker T across the board is really um it's pretty solid answer, you know, for for at that time. Mm-hmm. But I do have a question for you guys in terms of Booker T. Um mm. <laughs> I know that now, of course, he is a commentator on NXT. Mm-hmm. And he is also, of course, the founder and the teacher of, you know, a coach at Reality of Wrestling who's been mm-hmm. responsible for many superstars like Roxanne Perez, who is currently the NXT Women's Champion. And then you also have Promise Braxton, who he's responsible for, who was my first female guest. Promise. Yeah, who's just now like faced off against Ivy Nile because NXT's opened their doors up to participating in indie stuff, select indie right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Booker T though that Loki bothers me just a tad bit, mm. and this is no disrespect to his, you know, collective work as a whole, none at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because I respect him and I've actually met him. He's a really nice guy, very encouraging. The thing that I feel weird about him though on NXT though is just like during this past run with the New Day being in a yeah. he would say things that would be kind of, you know, disparaging against them. And it would weird me out because it's just like, you're the reason why these two men in their tag team iteration or their faction iteration, when all three of them were there, um, can succeed. Like, you open the door for these three black men to succeed the way that they do, but mm. yet and still, it feels like every time they're on television with you in this program you find it necessary to kind of like get them or say insults about them and stuff like that even to the point to where even at vengeance day he was low-key happy that gallus won the nxt titles and the new day don't have them anymore so what are you guys' perspective on him sort of in a way sort of disparaging these black talent that he sort of opened the door for and do you guys feel like there's a cognitive dissonance there i think go ahead bernish yeah, a lot of times I look at Booker T as somebody who can work, like he's like working as you know in character, right? Mm-hmm. I right. think that if you remember when The Rocket came back, he was saying the same stuff against The Rocket, and it kind of made you think it was like that previous rivalry, like holding on to that rivalry he had with mm-hmm. The Rock. And the reason, and I think he was doing that with the New Day because I obviously think he respects Kofi. And Xavier and Big E, but especially Kofi, because the one clip that jumps out the mind was Wale Mania before mm-hmm. WrestleMania 35. And he's they out there and he's saying he'd been waiting to pass the torch. And it was mm-hmm. to Kofi. So at first, when he was doing, it, I was like, uh, all right, come on. But then I was like, you know what? He's probably just working. And maybe I'm just being worked or being a mark. But I didn't, it didn't bother me as much. But I can definitely understand, you know, I saw a lot of the commentary on Twitter. So I understand where people was coming from, but I think he was just working and trying to be a homer for NXT saying, these are our guys. We don't need y'all to come down here. And then mm-hmm. it was also the, the record, you know, that Kofi, you know, having as many title reigns and having more. And it's like, you know, kind of, you know, be a little protective. We saw uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record just get broken by LeBron James. And it was people mm-hmm. saying, like, is he going to be hating and stuff? So it didn't really bother me as much, but I can definitely understand why people feel the way. Okay, I'm actually glad that you said that and actually gave, you know, that little bit of an insight of waiting to pass the torch to someone because I was not at that while I made you, so I can't really speak to that. But you were, and I'm glad that you No, were I wasn't there. I just remember it oh, going oh, viral. Oh, you heard about it. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, it, went, that, it went viral it. that year. Okay, so I'm glad you actually said that. So does anybody else want to chime in on that part? So I'm a, yeah, I'm just... um, oh, go, you want to go ahead? No, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, right, Brandon, so... 
traditionally on the wrestling realm, there's always a Jericho reference. And here's my one Jericho reference. Here right it comes. <laughs> so when I met the uh, the best in the world, Chris Jericho, um, wow. and he was signing my Intercontinental belt, I remember asking, you know, how do you feel about being a heel or face or anything like that? He said, at the end of the day, we all have a job. He right. said, if Vince McMahon tell me to go clean the bathroom, that's what I got to go do. I got to go clean the bathroom. So if he tells me to go out there and let make the people hate me, I got to make them hate me. If he tells me to go out there and make the people love me, I got to make them love me. So ever since he said that, it's always resonated in my mind. What are they telling them to do? So to the point of NXT is trying to be its own brand. Mm -hmm. And now you have these SmackDown stars that took out belts that's been holding them hostage. I got to get heat on them because I want people to celebrate my NXT wrestlers because that may be what the backstage people were feeding to him. Now, if it was, let's just take the New Day out of the situation and let's say it was Alpha Academy and he was bashing them, but we still had the same kind of feeling or we say, why is he bashing Alpha Academy? They just, you know what I mean? So I always think about it a little differently. Like it's not good that it's against the New Day who are probably arguably one of the best tag team in history, but it's the fact that does he have a job to do? Did it have to be against them? Like, eh, I'm kind of like on the fence, like, man, tone it back. But this the same guy that came down as King Booker and was making jokes with him not too long ago. You know what I mean? So I can't really be mad because he definitely was trying to pass the torch on to them and they had that whole segment. But Booker T has been known to say some things that make you raise your eyebrow, not with a rock pun intended, but it just makes you pay attention. So I think he's doing the job can't really be mad because I did meet Booker T too. Mm -hmm. And one thing that resonates with me is he said, I'm a made man. I don't need to do anything else. I'm a, he was a one-time Hall of Famer. He said, I'm a Hall of Famer. I got my school. I'm good. I'm a made man. So he's just mm -hmm. doing this probably out of his passion. So. Right. Absolutely. What about you, Joanne? Yeah, I think, um, I think you just, um, I think in our community, sometimes it can be a generational thing where the previous generation is much harder on the generation that's either below them or younger than them mm -hmm. is, is because they have this natural expectation of I need you to be on your best, the best version of yourself for the sake of, as uh, Brian has said, mm -hmm. passing the torch. And I think Booker T, I don't know if that's kind of his character when he refers to the New Day. But I know he's he has is he always always come off to me as if like these guys should be doing more than this. You know what I mean? These guys should be taken more seriously, not because of anything personal against the New Day. It's just because Booker T comes from a previous generation where he saw black wrestlers not one get not get opportunities to be in these spots. And then when they did get in those spots, they were dancing, they were shucking and jiving. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, why would you choose to do that? So like yeah, I, I just think that he has that kind of like kind of tone to the way he approaches the new day with his comments. And I just feel like he feels like they could be doing so much more, but you know, I think that's just because of him coming from a previous generation where it was much harder for the likes of African Americans or people of African descent to kind of thrive in this business. And, you know, these guys have, have done it and they've done it their own way. So, you know, it's, it's to me, it's kind of 50, 50, like I, I, I kind of hear his tone, but also to what Brandon said is true. He also has a job to do, and, and there may be a particular reason because it's not like he's out there freestyling. I'm sure he's been fed certain things, and I'm sure you have. That's like Jerry Lawler always rooting for the heels. He's 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 right. 
he's meant to do that. He's not just giving his opinion, but that's his job. He's got to be the one to talk about the women and he's got to be the one to talk about the bad guys and the scheming and plot. And it's like, you know, with Booker T being a color guy, I think yeah. he's also trying to make sure that he doesn't seem biased. Like I'm always going to go with the black guys because we brothers. It's like, no, we're, we're, we're all professionals and, and nothing we do should be based on our color. So just in case you think I'm going to be biased because these guys are, you know, part of one of the most successful factions in, in African-American history and professional wrestling doesn't mean I'm going to just naturally gravitate towards them because my character and their character don't really get along anyway. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to pretend like, because I'm on commentary now, I'm supposed to be like, well, I'm all in for the new day. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's just my yeah. two cents on it. Yeah. And I get that because of course, you know, you have Vic Joseph there who is, you know, the who serves as the voice of reason um, in terms of like grounding that level of commentary and Booker T does bring that color and sort of like that heelish color, but then at the same time, he can also kind of be a face too, depending on the situation at hand. And when it comes to the working part of it, um, Brandon, you do have an amazing point in terms of what he's being fed or, or kind of what he's probably being told to say. You are absolutely right about that. It's just that when I was first, you know, hearing it, you know, as a fan, it just sort of made me wonder, I guess, in my mind, it was just like, yo, like you're kind of going real hard on them. You're their I'm, god I'm, daddy. Stop it. I'm <laughs> with you. I'm with you on that. It, it, it me off guard too. Yeah, has you can go like yeah, yeah it caught it caught me off guard too. The first couple times I saw it, I was like, hold on, why is he going in like that on the new day? Mm-hmm. But then but then you know, after a while, like like brother Brandon said, I was like, Man, he's doing his job. So this has mm-hmm. to be fed to him. And even if there is some type of beef, like I don't even care because the new day still doing their thing. They're still mm-hmm. Hall of Famers already. So it, it is what mm-hmm. it is. And I don't even really care what the beef is. At the end of the day, it's it's we have so a Hall of Famer tag team, and then we have Booker T. They're all Hall of Famers at the end of the day. Right. They're all black people representing my culture in the Hall of Fame. So I was just like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna let it let it go, let it go. Yeah, and of course this. Yeah, this isn't like a like a rag on Booker T type of thing because, like I said, I do respect him and I do you know love him as an individual and and I respect him for everything he's done. But that's just something that I have seen people you know sort of trickling on social media and kind of noticing, and I've noticed it too. So I just wanted to at least address that because, of course, he is still feeding into the future of wrestling, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll and him and Charmel both will continue to do that, you know, for as long as they so choose. So I do still respect them and i do love all of you guys' opinion about that and i respect that um a lot so um yeah and then moving (laughs) into the conversation about the new day it's just like (laughs) there is so much that they have done like they've been tag team champions multiple times they had this gimmick that wasn't necessarily um supposed to work for them because of course you know they started off as preachers and they've talked about you know how they were sort of frustrated with that at first, but then they put their own spin on it and they've continued to put their own spin on things and make it their own. And now they've ridden that way to levels of success by being tag team champions, being individual champions. And of course, with Xavier being king of the ring and such, they've done so much for um, the culture and so much, even for video game culture and you know nerd culture and so many different things. Do you guys feel that it's possible that they might be either losing their um, 
losing their grip in terms of their relevance now? Are they growing stale, or do you feel like there's still more for them to do, even though Big E may not be fully present? Right. Oh, there's yeah. plenty. There's there's plenty more for them to do. I just think that in professional wrestling, you got to always be careful. It's because after a while, you can become stale. You know, uh, Woods and 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 Kofi and Xavier. I mean, in a big E, excuse me, like they're all still relatively young in terms of professional wrestling. And there's always new challenges. There's always new challengers. There's always new opportunities to showcase themselves. So I, I don't mind the step back sometimes, you know, because they, there is a such thing as overexposure. Right. But right. Uh, it they have been successful. When you look at their body of work as professionals, they have decided to go work with young talent, which is which is admirable. Right. To say, okay, well, the new day is not whole right now. Biggie's still recovering, but by the time Biggie comes back, he's going to have a. They're going to have a whole crop of talent to work with on both shows, right? You, you can right. come back with the new day. You have the Judgment Day, that's newly formed. You have Imperium with Gunta, yeah. you know, at the helm. <laughs> you know, there's there's so many different elements that you can continue to add, even even if they decide to, to come back and stay as a unit or have singles runs. You know, they can go in a number of different directions and it gives people kind of a fresh take. It's because they've given us time to miss them. Right. Uh, right. The, the the mainstream audience is a, has been, you know, they haven't been exposed to him for a while because they've been in NXT and Big E's been out. So, you know, the hardcore fans to have access to him, which is considered as the WWE calls us the 25 percent, you know, but that's 75 percent for if all they concerned, they're waiting for the new day to return. And as long as you give them a reason to want to return, you know, so if if Gunter seems so unstoppable and then all of a sudden Big E's healthy and now Big E has returned from a serious neck injury and then he challenges for the IC title and he's got Woods and he has Kofi, you know, in full display to go after Imperium. It's like, man, you, you that's a whole nother program. You know what I mean? Right. And just and then and I think that's kind of what's necessary in the cycle of professional wrestling, just so guys don't get stale. So, you know, it's like just give give us some time, take some time off rest. So when you have new talent, you have new challenges, you have new beef, you have new storylines, as long as they just, you know, kind of know how to play it to protect their brand. To me, I, I don't think they're losing a the grip. It's just, you know, just sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward. Yeah, they're chilling right now. I mean, honestly, for me, it's more about the cross appeal. You got somebody like Big E who's always on college game day. Yes. Doing whatever he does on um, through social media. Xavier Woods, he does the gaming and he has the nerd culture mm -hmm. on lock. Kofi Kingston, nerd culture, and of course, fashion with the tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing in a lot of extra assets too. But they're bringing a lot of extra things to the table mm -hmm. other than what they have in the ring. Right. Definitely. And, an and another thing you got to think about it, they keep, <clears throat> the new they keep evolving and making you watch them and make you care about them. Because as soon as the King of the Ring tournament came around, during yes. the older, we were like, okay, whoopee-doo. Xavier Woods made you care about that. And if you notice, Kofi said, this is your time to shine. Mm -hmm. we're gonna, I'm going to back you. Even to the point, they stopped coming out to the New Day music and was coming out to Woods' music by itself. Yes. You know, and it was Kofi was introducing them. It was, they find a way to make you say, oh, well, it's the New Day. Yep, okay. What's next for them? Because... They can't get in the Hall of Fame until Woods gets the WWE Championship. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say. Oh it. come they on! They no. cannot, nope. They cannot get in the Hall of. They cannot get in the Hall of Fame without because it's always going to be that doubt. Why didn't he? He has no singles title. Brother Brandon, don't he, let me call you a gump, right? Come now. on now. Is Sean is Sean Waltman is Sean Waltman the world champion? No. And this is what, but Xavier Woods could be. 
He can be. I'm telling you, if they can, Come they on, can man. make you care about <laughs> in one match. We knew Kofi was put it like this. We know Kofi is great, right? Mm-hmm. One match made mm-hmm. him a world champion, a world champion contender. One match because he's that good, right? The gauntlet match. No, yes. that's not true. Eleven years yeah. of being overlooked. No, no. Gave no him. Come you missed what I said. Listen, to what I said. We know he's great. We know he's. I would even say one of the greatest, right? He, sure. He's one of them, right? He's always going to be in a conversation. That one match made you say we want him as champion, right? Big E won the briefcase. Well, I'm sorry. Let me take it back. Big E <laughs> had that street fight with Sheamus, and yes, you said, mm-hmm. I want to see what else Big, Big E can do. He had that right. moment. He got the Intercontinental title. As many times he fought Apollo Crews, we were done with it. We wanted him to do something else. What happened? Gave him the briefcase. Then just him being in the background saying, when is he going to get the title? Do not deflate this. So why can't it, and Triple H we trust, give that <laughs> Xavier Woods that same moment and make us care about him and give I us think- a compelling story that he needs to finish the New Day story? I Brandon, think it we, can happen. We did not come on the show for you to push your agenda. This is not what this is about. He gave a football <laughs> campaign now. Like <laughs> No, no, no. Like, I'm going to let – well, actually, you know what? I think I'll, just, I'll say this now, and then I'll let Brian go. Brandon, I cannot agree with you more, okay? Like, even though y'all think he was pushing his agenda, that's low-key my agenda in my heart of hearts. Wow. Because Xavier, because even Xavier had his moment at the Royal Rumble this year where him and Chad Gable were mm-hmm. having their little bit of a moment where they were doing the um the Greco-Roman type of wrestling Absolutely. in the middle of the ring. But ain't and nobody see like, it, though. Nobody yeah, didn't see no, it. No, people, I, okay, well, maybe the entirety of everybody didn't see it, but I saw it, okay? Right. Go, yeah. go ahead, get just, up. Go with yeah. it. Go with it. Yeah. Go with it. I, go with it. I saw, I saw it, and I see all those pockets of moments that he does, you know, in the ring. It's just like he's so good. He is. But yeah, people really is. don't be looking at him because, of course, he has this big personality, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He's the mouthpiece of the New Day, and then mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like he has all this other stuff going the on. The microphone just being held up. He just yeah, does he's, he's amazing. He, he has his like, own personality. Could, and then he said that his dream was to be king of the ring, like from jump. You know, that was mm-hmm. one of his biggest dreams. And he made that come true in a big way. And I was really happy for him for that. Then on top of that, you know, he and I have the same birthday, you know. Oh, me, wow. Him and, that's me, that's him and, see, and that's Beyonce. That is right there. So, um, <laughs> hey, like <laughs> September the 4th is Black Excellence Day. Mm-hmm. So, well, like there I you said, go. So it's just like... <laughs> If he we love were ever, we love Virgos. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's just like if he were to ever get an opportunity to WWE Championship and actually win it, like I would lose it. So right. Brandon, I am right there with you. Like he has the ability, <laughs> he has it all. He would just need like the right opportunity. And if all, and if Kofi and if Biggie can have those moments, and you could even argue that those two could have another moment, another run. Like there could be a Kofi Mania too, or a Biggie Mania too. Absolutely, you know, yeah. It needs to happen. You know, all those things could very well happen, but Xavier deserves to have his moment too. So no, nah, like I'm here for what Brandon said. Like I'm absolutely <laughs> here for it. But that, Brian, you can go and give your answer though. No, I was actually, <laughs> I, I, I was actually agreeing with Brother Brandon. Now, right, uh, okay. When, when he says. In order to get in the Hall of Fame, right? They, they'll in be there. I, I, but, the Hall of yeah, Fame. but I understood anyway. where, he, where he was going. Like he doesn't yeah, want to see. I mean, in I'm saying until, they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't. Like if they had to stop wrestling today and they in the Hall of Fame tomorrow, no, he they can't get in the Hall of Fame until that happens. <laughs> like they are bought up by no. Hall of Famers. Let me clarify. They Man, they, the they sold bootios and pancakes. So and they it doesn't matter. They, it, it doesn't matter, right? 
they started the crappy signature series that we have now because of that New Day belt. Think about it. This is why we got all those crappy belts. Hell, there you go. There goes the belt guy. I know. There you go. He on his brain. Look, he goes the belt guy. Save it for, save it for the show. Save it for the show. We're about to get another exclusive, <laughs> Stephanie, because this doesn't happen too often. But it's going to be two days in a row where I give HBK some credit because that okay. Texas belt looked good in person. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, two days in a row, I'm gonna give Shawn Michaels credit. But Stephanie, he hates Shawn Michaels, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Why do you hate Shawn Michaels? I'm a Bret Hart guy. He is always oh. listen, listen, it's Stephanie. It's Stephanie, I'm a, I'm a Bret Hart guy too, but he mm-hmm. hates Shawn Michaels. Like it's, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, my number one favorite wrestler. Brian H hates Shawn Michaels. It's, I don't. It's, you can't say it. It's like he. Ooh, ooh, I, I, I don't hate him. It's just that you know. I mean, he, he hates he's a cool him. guy. He's a cool guy. You know, but his fans. <laughs> but. Brett, I, he, 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 we, I wanted WrestleMania 13. I wanted him to do the favors. He didn't do the favors, but you know, it's cool. I love producer Sean. The stuff that he's doing at NXT is believable. I love producer Sean. But, and I hope that producer Sean and producer Triple H and creative Triple H give Xavier Woods an opportunity to yes. do that because he's somebody I've always looked at. First of all, a black man. I don't know if he has the PhD already or he's, I know he was working on it. I don't know yeah. if he, I believe he does have that. Yeah, that right yeah. there. You know, yeah. different levels. Um, you know, what he the crossover appeal he has in the gaming community, the fact that he's showing he's an inspiration that says you don't have to you don't have to be this type of black, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. that's the, one of the things I always liked about him. You know, I, I remember when Brandon was um introducing me to his work at um TNA, it was like I look at oh, okay, but when he came to WWE and then I was Consequences like, Creed. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. like looking at him, but when the new day came together. You know, it got me excited after you know they you know brushed the edges off and yeah. he left think... the Funkadactyls. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I think I'm not you know, gonna lie, I silently lived for that. But go ahead, Brian. The Funkadactyls. <laughs> yeah, him with the Funkadactyls. I lived for that. <laughs> Somebody yeah. call my mama. <laughs> Somebody like, call really my just mama. I said you took Brutus away and inserted Xavier. Okay, it was it was fun though for a little bit. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, and, it was you know, like, oh. and I do think he can be you know because he. If you think about the storytelling he did with Roman Reigns and then when they crushed the crown, like Roman's reign, yes. reign has been so long, we've forgotten about some of these little stuff. But mm-hmm. when they crushed the crown and like that, that look, he has the charisma and the, uh, the ability to make you gather sympathy for him. The same way Kofi made us gather sympathy for him when he was chasing. And, you know, I would love to see Xavier Woods. You know, he needs a Daniel Bryan who can... Ooh. Do what Brian did for Kofi because mm-hmm. it couldn't have been nobody else. Like that was no, no that's no. like that's that's that like one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. Not because Brian is my favorite of all time, yeah. and not because you know, but I mean just the <laughs> the whole storytelling, and that's like one of the few matches where it's not 80 gazillion false finishes. One trouble yes. in paradise. That's right. all you yeah. saw. Yeah. And and and, and it, it, it felt like Brian said, Okay, I was in your position. I'm going to take you from here to here. And I Absolutely. want to see somebody would do that with Xavier Woods. I don't know who it like, I can't, I'm not thinking right now, like who it would be, but I think with the right storytelling, we could see him as a WWE champion. Yeah, fair, fair really enough. Do 
Yeah. He really could do it. And he, he would he really deserves the opportunity. Like before anything else happens with the New Day, like he deserves his chance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely. But the New Day is definitely one of the greatest factions of all time. And I've said it multiple times. Like there's so much that they have done, you know, for for the culture, for black culture, for you know, representation as a whole. And even though it may have started off kind of rough, you know they still shook it off and applied that and got way better um, at, at, you know, being who they were and just making different references and stuff. And now here they are as an amazing faction and them finding their way. And like you said, Dwayne, with, with them being off of television for a little while, you know, once they do come back, it will be like a welcome hug, and it'll be like, "Yay, you're back!" Absolutely, <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Time too, because it's a lot of teams that don't get time. Like now, we're starting to see it more, like the Judgment Day, right? With Judgment Day start off like, "What? What is this? What's going on?" Now that's a team you want to see. You know, I mean, Dominic Mysterio. My goodness, you know, he went from being like, "Okay, all right, you Ray Mysterio's son," to I look forward to every holiday to see what he's going to do. I look, <laughs> I, I look forward to what he's going to say when he gets that microphone. You know, the guy been growing a mullet to be like his his stepdaddy, Eddie Guerrero. I think so. He can do a hair versus mask match. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, <laughs> why else would he be growing? See, there you he- go. You hate going to my show booking already. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he's, right right there. he's right there. Stephanie, I don't know if you noticed, but Brother Brandon used to used to book for a local promotion here in the area. So if he just starts randomly oh, really? booking matches, yes, ma'am. So if he starts mm-hmm. randomly booking matches, I want you to know why. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, why Wait, but did he have to say it so cool though? Like, yeah. No, nah, I just want to casually slide it. I didn't mean to cut you off, Brandon. Excuse me for being rude. I just want to slide because he's the he does this. He starts he starts randomly booking matches, Stephanie. So I want you to know what's going on while you're around the brothers. Like this is what he does, but there's a reason for it. So I yeah, that's that's off. exactly how we became friends back in um 2000. We would literally be on the phone, and this was this 2000 2001 around the time when you got. Austin getting ready to face the rock when the heel turn happened. Shout out to Brandon for bringing in the tape to school the next day because the cable the company. <laughs> well, she asked earlier. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was earlier. Like, come on. <laughs> but um, I was leading to the go, fact go, that right, this is how it started. You good? I'm done. You good? <laughs> he don't know how to act. You... <laughs> I told you I apologize for him. We're not gonna get invited back or anybody else to show after this one. Just they're like they cut up. They cut up way too much. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm used to it at this point. I'm used to it. But Brandon, that's so cool though that you do that you did. You know, used to work for a promotion. Which promotion did you work for? It was RCW in Maryland. Oh, okay. real RCW championship wrestling. Okay. Hey, cool. Brandon, you still got those DVDs? No, <laughs> they're, they're they're they. He, I have a a freaking plastic bag full of them. Cause, cause I, I'm, I did backstage. And I did like one backstage segment. I've never seen it with Greg Exel. Oh, I, I'll give you one of each. How about that? <laughs> those, oh, those, man. those DVDs you are so indie. Fit- they wouldn't even play in my DVD player. I said, yo. <laughs> you, probably, you probably can fit. You probably can fit my Josie shirt that they gave me. I probably, you probably can fit it now since you, you know, lost a person. The Jack can- Daddy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, since he's a Jack. I should go get it and show you the Josie. I still had that Josie shirt that they gave me. <laughs> That's amazing. Let me tell you though, sometimes I book matches in my dreams. So I I don't know if that's okay. No, it's not. Call matches. No, it's not. You do a phenomenal job. You do a phenomenal job. You do. You do. By the way. Give her the credit. Give her the credit. She be going. I wish we had a clip of her calling the match right now. We can just insert no, like, everybody. Watch me. Right. 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 Right.
Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can go on Title Match Title Match Network and you know see my work with Faye Jackson with Black Girl Magic and hey. on the Belladonna division and hear you know my commentary. Like I can't believe you guys are saying this about me. Shout right out now. to Amber because Amber cry. used to always um, put over your commentary. Oh my like, god, she, seriously? Yeah, she would always you don't say know how much I love her. And she would always <laughs> tell me that, like after like her shows I and stuff. Her. And she oh. was always say like, "Yo, I love Stephanie. You know, I love the way she calls the matches, tells the stories, does her research. You know, because you know, some people just get on the mic and just talk. And especially mm-hmm. in women's wrestling, it can be so disgusting with the oh, way yeah. they call these matches. So yeah, she, you know, she always recognized the commentary. Oh, thank you so much, and shout out to Amber Rodriguez. Like you're the I reason so I made much. I made her cry. The first, what? yeah, let me tell you the story real quick. The, the first time when her first match aired on WOW, I was in uh, Brooklyn for Battle Club Pro. Mm-hmm. And you you posted the Twitter clip. Yeah. And I sent it to her. I said, look what Stephanie just posted. And I oh, FaceTimed man. her. And I said, you made it, sis. And next thing I know, she's like, the tears started going. I said, oh, honey, I got you. But yeah, it was because of your tweet. That's when I knew the show had aired. Yeah, because we had started covering it on Women's Wrestling Talk, and it's just mm-hmm. like, and I knew I wanted to watch WoW anyway, and then when I found out she was going to be on it as Sahara Spars, and now she's transitioning into the Amber Rodriguez component, mm-hmm. I was just like, yes, and we just, <laughs> we love saying glowing things about her, and meeting her, she was just so sweet um, at Belladonna, and just watching her in-ring work, she was so good, and her character was just so unique, it is so unique, like, she was, she's amazing, I love her so much, so... I'm so happy you guys actually think that I'm a good commentator because I only just started like last year. Like it's crazy. Not last year, but 2021. You're and natural. Then it's choice. No, 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 so no, much. no. You did not oh. just get started in 2021. No, you didn't. I did. I did. Stephanie, cut it out. I know it's your show not, and all, but come no, on now. No, you no, just Dwayne, getting started. Dwayne, are you serious? Yeah. Dwayne, yes. Dwayne, <laughs> I have to tell you the story. Okay, see, so y'all are making me tell stories now. Yes, okay, let's so, go. Yeah, come okay, on. Let's 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 just, we flipped the story here. Right, yeah. yeah, you're right. And my story for my commentary <laughs> thing is the fact that shout out to Casey Dillon. She's she and um Veronica started the Belladonna division in Gaston, Alabama. That's like three hours mm-hmm. away from Birmingham. Okay. And I had started my podcast and this show was just audio, you know, at the time because I didn't know all the other intricacies of video and stuff like that. I learned that later. But I was just doing um my podcast and then one of my friends in Arizona, Miranda Morales um put me on to Casey looking for commentary and I was like okay well this is in my home state let me you know reach out to her because I figure you know why not try because I wrote it down in a notebook I was like you know what if I'm doing Mm -hmm. podcasting maybe one day I could transition to this but I'm not sure Mm -hmm. I've never done it before so I sent a clip to Casey because that's what she asked for and she listened Mm -hmm. to just the trailer and the trailer was just 45 seconds and she wanted me immediately and I was just like wow what what are you sure? Somebody knew what they were doing. Yeah, that's unreal, man. <laughs> it is unreal. And I was just like, because it's like none of this, this whole podcast started because I just wanted to talk about wrestling in a positive way. Of course. Um, and it just, and I never thought that it would, you know, take me this far at all. Like, this is not what I wanted to do. Like, I knew I loved wrestling, but working in it was something I never really thought that much about. Mm-hmm. So the idea of me doing this is crazy and me commentating is just crazy too even though i just do color you know i still try my best to get everybody's information and be respectful of the talent and you know work with them as best as possible to tell their story in the ring and that's just what i try to do because i'm so new at it i don't want to just get up there and just sound like dumb of course i just try to get all my information so i didn't uh 
this is so great to hear that people you are a natural i would have never never guessed you just i'm thinking you've been like kind of in somehow in some way been doing this for a little maybe not directly but like indirectly or you know off and on but to hear you say you just got started in 2021 it's unbelievable you i Mm. if i if you did not tell me there's no way for me to have ever known it that's that's how that's how good you are like i that's that's an amazing talent so Thank congrats you to you. So that's much. that's a big deal. Like I'm not I'm not letting that one go. That's a huge deal. That's not easy. <laughs> that's not easy to do. Like I'm I'm Brian. They did commentary one time. Like I remember he was talking about just the intricacies of it. Like he was just trying mm-hmm. to like hit his cues and he was because he knows the product and he was familiar with the the ladies he, the match he was calling. He was there to keep up. But I was like, man, I can't imagine jumping into that something like that that fresh. You know what I mean? Like I know you mm-hmm. have the gift of gab, but there's there's a lot of different things that you got to kind of fire on. You got to hit your like hit your marks. Um. So just to hit it, you. Just got started in that man. That's that's crazy. Blow, I'm, I'm like my mind is blown hearing that though. So wow. Thank you so much. This week, al- this week alone, I'm just gonna cry. Um, <laughs> let it out. Just go, go on, let it out. I'm go on, let it out. Um, but yeah, to shift the focus a little bit back to the conversation. Um, <laughs> when it comes to um before the new day, how would you? How did you guys feel about black wrestling in terms of? Bef- where we were before the new day got Ooh. started like how did you guys feel about that oh man did, see you, you, did you did you notice the silence <laughs> it was like this awkward hush it was like oh because so I'm a, as- I'll, I'll start off because it's it's funny and they probably will build off what i'm saying i felt like the black wrestlers were the token black guys there we go it, yeah we couldn't just be we couldn't be good wrestlers. It had to be a gimmick attached. It had to be a stereotypical type thing. And yep. the reason I'm saying that, I just go back to when you think about Crime Time. Why was their name Crime mm-hmm. Time? Yo, 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 yo. You, you get what I'm saying? And they got <laughs> they got over the gimmick. When you look at Xavier Woods in TNA, he had to play a character from a black, a mo- I mean, a black exactly. character from a movie. And then his tag team partner had to play, go ahead with it, Dwayne. Who did he get to play? The black machismo. He had to play a different card, so they couldn't Ooh, just be yeah. good wrestling. <laughs> Even Kofi, Kofi had to be Jamaica a person man. from Jamaica, and I was like, yeah. "But he's good." Sheldon Benjamin had to be the gold standard. It was mm-hmm. always a, a golden not a media man. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> right, why can't right. you just be a good wrestler? Why couldn't it be like, for instance, William Regal? He was from British. That's a stereotypical thing, but he still mm-hmm. was a good wrestler. You know there what I mean? It couldn't mm-hmm. just be, I'm a good wrestler. Nope, let me push it on there. And Kofi talked about how much he hated that accent, and he just wanted to be him. Right. You know, and it was crazy because then when the New Day came along, it was like, oh, these guys are the top of their game. But look how long it took for them to do something to make it their own. And it yeah. was everybody else was, and we go back to the nation of domination. Why right. did it have to be that much black? Why couldn't it just be, because the bloodline is just the bloodline. They don't brag about being Samoan bloodline. They're just the bloodline. It's their culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, they, but African-Americans and the black wrestling, it was always look at look at jazz. So jazz had to be this mean, angry woman because mm-hmm. Ivory was a mean, angry woman that had, you know, certain attributes to show off, but that was that was it. It was like you didn't have a good wrestler. It was no. what's your gimmick. Like Everything flat, was okay. Flash funk. Yes. <laughs> The, ang- yeah. the, the nation you. of domination, the angry black guys. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Yep. No, you good. You good. That takes That's you back to the, that takes us back to the Booker T uh conversation we had earlier. He wasn't yeah. really a stereotype. Exactly. He was one of the few guys. Yeah. That yeah. that was just himself. But remember, as he got higher and higher up the card, 
He became yep. WCW's rock. Yep. That's they exactly had to make sure he was a flashy shirt. The mm-hmm. flashy the, the sunglasses okay, and a linen yeah, pants. Yeah, it was always like, hmm, why can't he just be the Booker T that we know? Yes, the Harlem Heat. He had to separate himself and make himself his own star. But then you have Farouk, who was the big, strong black guy. Oh, look, all of us are big, strong. We're black. Look at me. Remember, he was and a was gladiator like, at first. Came in as gla- mm-hmm. Farouk Assad, yeah. the gladiator. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> funny to hear him tell that story, though, because he said when he first heard it and they pitched it to him, and he was sitting there with his wife at, and um, I guess maybe Vince or somebody from Creative at dinner. And they said, you're going to come out with Sonny. And he was like thinking, okay, she's the hottest person at the time. And she's mm-hmm. going to be doing this. And she's going to like undress. And he's like, oh, man, that's going to be great. And then he said he saw the, the whole get up and the gimmick. And was like, what the heck is this? But, you know, and then he became, <laughs> you know. the uh, Shit, damn. <laughs> and I got a moment to say that to him at, at the um legend show in Philly. And that was like you talking about a moment because he like reacted to it. And I said, Can I just say this once? I was like, damn. And he was like, I, he loves when people say that to especially you know, black people. Mm-hmm. And you would think and then you would think that for that um Ron Simmons at that time would have gotten better considering all the history he made even before exactly. that. Like Absolutely. he was a part of like the first black tag team to win tag team titles, yep. and he was yep. the first yep. the first world champion in terms of you know black men. And so you would think Baltimore. that he was yeah. Oh, shout out to y'all. That's so wonderful. <laughs> um yeah, I've never been to Baltimore, maybe one day. Um Gotta but come yeah. up. It's nice. But yeah, it's just like, you know, that happened and you would think that they would give him more respect in that regard. But no, like he wasn't free from that um sort of treatment and it's really unfortunate. He yeah. was allowed to be like we talk about just being allowed to be like a good athlete. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like in WCW, I was I was too young to know the leading up to it, but it seemed like when you look at the clips, you look at like some of those matches, he was just allowed to just be Ron Simmons the all-american from florida who was a good athlete but you gotta but you gotta remember the crazy part about that to dig in some history this is what the realm does guess it was booking the territory at the time it was freaking uh, cowboy B- bill watts man yeah like yeah, I, he's, you look at i'm gonna tell you right now you look at cowboy bill watts he looks like a racist now i ain't gonna lie mm-hmm. like no god no disrespect <laughs> nothing but he was one of the biggest advocates for african-american superstars <laughs> in professional wrestling I, history I, I was gonna say that you know he said um he told him when he pulled him in the office that day he said Ron, today we're going to change history. You're going over. You're winning the belt. And he was like, what? Like, you know, and it was just kind of one of those decisions that was just like done on the fly, you know. And unfortunately for him, he kept getting hurt. So, you know, they put it on flair. And then Vader, which I heard, um, shout out to our good friend Glenn, who was real close with Vader. He said when Rick decided, like, yeah, I'll take the belt from Ron. And then Mm -hmm. Vader had a match with him. Vader kind of, you know. Did a couple accidentals on purpose because he was such a huge fan of Ron Simmons that he was happy to do the honors for Ron. Yeah. 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 It was, all... Yeah. Go ahead, Dwayne. I'm sorry. No, I was, no, I was about to say just it was for it's it's I don't want to say it's been difficult. It's because we've kind of just accepted what they have given us, right? Where well, I think we're in a, such a different day and age, and I'm talking about as of like maybe five six years ago. You know what I mean? Where we have. I'm always hard on black wrestlers is because yes, I was kind of raised. I was raised by a generation of you have to be better than 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 everybody else just to be yeah, considered on the good. same level. You know what I mean? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time we get some black talent that comes through the door, it's just like I'm really, really hard on them because it's like, man, I want you to be the one to break through. You know, and it, it, it's so sad that it's to the point like, thank God we have 
Kofi Kingston. Thank God we have Big E that, that are actually WWE champs. But it, it was, it's, it's almost like the running joke of the 90s. I will never have a black president. The closest mm. we'll get is Bill Clinton. You know what I mean? And then we actually had Rock <laughs> oh, as, as a practice. You know that what I mean? Was that was kind of that the, the stigma. Like, that was always y'all, the had Bar- that was, y'all had Bill, y'all good. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we get. felt the same way about black wrestlers at the end of the day. Like, we felt you might get a world heavyweight championship run, but you're not going to be a WWE champion. Close Even what you're going to get was The Rock. Yeah, and, and The Rock, and Look then, you know, Henry. he got the world title. That was it. That's all of you course. Get same thing with Booker T. And then, be and happy then with that. <laughs> we had we had high hopes for guys like Bobby Lash when they first came in. You know, we, we jokingly called him Black Goldberg when I was younger, you know, and then you had guys like, <laughs> yes. we, we, you know, he was, you know, because he was, he was big, he was bold, he was black, he was, you know, he did a lot of similar, their office is very similar, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and even, uh, you know, in the early TNA days, our truth did the gimmick when he was the uh, NWA champion, mm-hmm. World Heavyweight champion. He was like, "Yo, I'm not coming out rap." Like, even though he was rapping, he's like, "What y'all so, so upset because a black man has this title?" It's just too bad nobody cared about TNA at that time. It was early 2002. You know what I mean? So yeah, he was. But he was one of the few ones that said, "Like, I'm not coming out here to be a stereotype," even though he was rapping. But that's who he authentically was. That's not something he was. You know, him dancing mm-hmm. and rapping was legit. It wasn't something that was given to him. So it's like we we kind of accepted even with the the the, the women. The women they had no problem. The, the women were were flourishing. If you ask me. Right, because we had women like Jacqueline that was women's champions. We had women like Jazz that was women's champions. We had like Alicia Fox that was Divas champions, which is the Layla. highest title. I, Layla, I have no disrespect towards the Divas championship because if that's the highest championship that the company had at the time, then so be it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like they had no problem booking the black women. You know what I mean? But it just seems like for the longest time we could not get one black man to be like, okay, he's gonna be the one to break through. And you know, to it. We all remember when Kofi first won the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan, and there's you see more of the viral clips of almost every professional wrestler who was black or of color celebrating that moment. You know, I think the one I remember the most was Shad um, Gaspard, rest his soul, and MVP mm-hmm. before he was back at the company, just looking at each other crying because they were right. in that atmosphere. They knew they didn't they didn't stand a chance, mm-hmm. and they to see that Kofi moment, work. of course, like they they watch him come up, and they knew what that culture was like. You know what I mean? And to not be a part of the company and then watch that from a distance, they're like, "This, this is not real. Is this really happening right now." And, and you, go ahead. I was just, was, was just going to add to that. Like, mm-hmm. it's moments when you know, um, like you know, this could happen, right? Like we all knew this is Kofi's probably going to win, but mm-hmm. when that three count happened, and you know, we was all together, I yeah. believe, and I remember, really? like, I, uh, yeah, at my house, yeah, your house, yep. Yeah, and, and I remember jumping in my little cousin's aunt, well, who's bigger than me, but like I jumped, like I was just like <laughs> super excited. And then I'm like, you know, in a room full of black people, my children right there, they got to see something that I didn't get to see. You sure. know what I mean? And I, I think uh, Sir Wilkins said this on one of the episodes of Java Tears. Well, our generation, we was too busy trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. And and it, you see that like a lot of times that now these kids can kind of be themselves. And that's yeah. also in wrestling. These wrestlers can be themselves. Xavier Woods and them can be the nerds. You know, um, Bobby Lashley, he says he likes wearing suits. Mm-hmm. They can wear suits, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to mm-hmm. always go out there looking like G.I. Joe or something. So mm-hmm. it's real cool to be able to see that black wrestlers, even black content creators, everybody can just be themselves. And it's because we're 
diverse in within ourselves. There, there's no one shade of black at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are not monolithic at all. And it mm-hmm. seems like now, you know, it's showing in such a beautiful way because, of course, a long time ago, you know, they were just given this stereotypical thing and they had to do it or else they didn't necessarily have a job on the higher level. Mm-hmm. So it's like now we've reached a point um, where, of course, things can always be better across the board. But at the same time, it's like, women and men you know are able to sort of be themselves in a way that's actually that actually comes across as authentic um and it lets everyone know like this is what we are we are multifaceted we are not just one thing we're not just overly masculine in terms of men we are not crazy um in Mm -hmm. terms of women we are not unhinged we are not angry Angry. or spiteful come on now now. you're preaching now come on now like we are more than just that like we are excellent and we are unapologetic in who we are um and it's just beautiful that that is happening and it's just like i said with black wrestling earlier this week the -hmm. only thing that i wish is that when all of this with all this stuff happening i wish it was happening when i was a kid even though um I'm a little bit younger. It's like I wish a lot of this happened when I was a child, but it but the child in me still lives and I'm still mm-hmm. happy that we get to see all of this representation and you have kids like the kids at the wrestling club and like Brian's kids and other people's kids who get to see stuff like this and they get to, you know, fully be themselves and openly love wrestling and it'll be okay and yeah. not feel like it's something that they have to hide. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a beautiful thing. And to Dwayne's point when it comes to the women though like stuff wasn't necessarily like entirely perfect for the women because of course you know you had the booking of the women and them mm-hmm. only being able to wrestle for a few minutes or a few seconds in some cases yeah and then you also had the idea that with Jazz and with Jacqueline you know of course with, with their beautiful masculine with their not their masculine bodies but just their muscular bodies is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say it's like they were always made to be like De- like stigmatized in a way that made them look like oh well they're you know like these abnormal monsters or mm-hmm. like they're angry like with jazz always saying the b word is back all the time i remember being sure. disturbed by that as a kid you know and i was just like why <laughs> does she have to say that why does she have to call herself that because yeah. i was raised in a household where you don't say that no, to any yeah. woman and that's not what you say um of uh, course culturally stuff is different you know sure. now but at the same time you know, I that was just a little bit disturbing for me, but that didn't make her accomplishments any less relevant. Same um, with Awesome Kong as well. At all. Yeah, and Awesome Kong, when and also when she was Karma as well, like, mm-hmm. she opened the door and did so much for Impact and the knockouts at that time. Like, I'll never forget, one of the best moments I ever saw Awesome Kong have was when she announced her retirement with Gail Kim at yes. Empower Weekend. Um, when I saw that and witnessed her have that moment and she was able to tell me everything that those that her and Gail Kim were able to do with the knockouts division, like, I just felt more and more respectful and reverent of her in that moment in getting to interview her and even witnessing that because there's just so much disrespect that happens when it comes to black women absolutely um, in terms of wrestling because you mentioned alicia fox winning the divas title she was the only black woman to win the divas title even with naomi and cameron there like naomi never won the divas title she had to wait twice or close to three times as long in order to Mm. get a championship and even when she won that championship she had to wait before two other people had to win that championship before her and they were there after her She's yeah. the first FCW champion, and this is how you treated her for this long. Wow. And Cameron never had a chance. And she left, you know, and did other stuff. But at the same time, 
there was still so much treatment of black women at that point that wasn't exactly the best um, mm-hmm. at all. And it's kind of hard to see because, of course, you're seeing the women there, but it was still sporadic and it was still systematically bad on a gender level and even on a race level. Because you think of Trish, you think of Lita for the Attitude Era. But mm. then on top of that, it's like you almost have to like make mention of Jacqueline and Jazz on purpose in order for them to get that recognition. This is no shade towards Trish and Lita because I love them, you know, and no shade towards Mickey because I love her too. I am but it's, James. Yeah, it's like you have to like fully like mention, make your business to mention these black women because they were the ones, you know, who, you know, really sparked it off for black women, of course, before, well, after the others who had to go through so much other you know degradement in order to get degradation in order to get to where we are now so well yeah said. it's it's a lot right. it's it's very it's very layered stuff but at least now we're in a place where women's wrestling is respected Thanks. um a whole lot more on across the board and even though there's still work to be done we're still respected and black women are able to show all of their, you know, characters and all of their facets and everything. And you have women like Foxy Fierce on um, WOW, and then you have Amber Rodriguez. You have Bianca Belair, who is arguably, like, on this big trajectory to be the biggest star that they John Cena. Had. Yeah, that's right. what everybody keeps saying. And it's just like, I guess this leads to my next question. Do you guys believe that with the star power that <clears throat> Bianca Belair has had, you know, do y'all really believe that she can fully be that star, you know, and be the next John Cena? It's already happening. 1,000%. <laughs> she already there. They got the yeah. TV show coming. Montez is next. But, yeah. uh, yeah, they got the TV show coming, and she was she signed She signed with a modeling agency, or what yeah, was she it? Yeah, she signed with WMG. Yeah, so yeah I think like, it's oh, a management company, yep. Look, mm-hmm. all that stuff is already here. It's just it's just in the plane, it's just in the works right now. Be- Bianca Belair is is amazing in every sense mm-hmm. of the word. I Absolutely. think she she embodies so much of the past and what the present is right now, as far as superstars, not a women's superstar. I mean a superstar. Her mm-hmm. her story has so much depth to it, right? It's enough for them to tell. It's, the WWE is like any other entertainment company, any, any other sports franchise, any other major Fortune 5 from their company. They got to sell their product. And, and the best way to sell their product is through storytelling. And she has one of those stories that is so easy to tell. She has thrived so much from what she's been through, her ups and her downs, the way she looks, the way she carries herself with grace and dignity. But yet she has, she doesn't, she has not forgotten her roots and it's mm-hmm. not stereotypical. It's very authentic. I think she's one of the few black women that I've seen in professional wrestling that has come out there and has been authentically black to the mm-hmm. core without being stereotypical. I'm talking like it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like like we saw with Naomi try to be a heel and she was trying to she was coming off to angry black woman. And I remember I, I watched used to watch Total Divas all the time. I mean, I consume all wrestling content. And she said, That's not me. I'm not a heel. Like I'm trying to be something that I'm not. She's like, I'm from Orlando. I, this isn't me. And you know, but I feel like Bianca Belair has found that balance, you know, and, and that's no disrespect to Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet by any means, you know what I mean? But I just feel like Bianca has found this authentic way of presenting herself in a way where she's accepted by everybody mm-hmm. and that's rare you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it does it doesn't matter what she does she's on applebee's commercials she's on cricket wireless commercials she's got dolls and it's like it's she she's 
I've yet to see her be typecast in any way, shape, or form. I, we've seen a lot of our, our women be typecast, just the same way the black men have been typecast in a lot of different ways. Okay, well, you're the black girl, so you have to be this way. But she's she's one of the few, and, I, and I'm having a hard time thinking of anyone else outside of Jacqueline early on. It's like you, you're not cast into any particular category. And she has just, I mean, her 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 stock has risen just tenfold from when we first saw her in XT, from her appearance at the at at the uh, the women's battle royal mm-hmm. at many years ago, and it's just like, man, what? I don't. There's she's so young. There's so much for her to do. She she does what she does in the ring. She's a genetic freak. She's so athletic. She's gorgeous. She does everything on her own. She's such a great example for young women. She's such a great example for middle-aged women. She's such a great example for older women who didn't get a chance to experience a Bianca Belair. I think she's just, she checks all the boxes. I mean, and, and to me, that's what a superstar is. And I think that's what WWE is looking for, especially in 2023, going into the future for what the, the company is meant to represent. And we're talking about diversity. We're talking about equity. We're talking about inclusion. You know what I mean? And I think she fits that bill. They don't have to worry about her misrepresenting herself. She's a married woman. She's married to an unapologetically black man. And yet they're accepted is because they're black, but not in a way where it offends anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're almost safe as as, as, as how we're kind of categorized in a lot of different ways. But yet them being quote unquote safe as they're sometimes stereotypically typecast as it doesn't change their demeanor. It doesn't change their language, and it doesn't change who they are as performers. So, I mean, and I, she's real. She she's one of the people that's, that that's real, and you know, you see her. So, when I was leaving San Antonio, I saw her in the airport, her and Montez, and I saw fans just like go up to him, not bombarding them, but just going up to him. She yeah. understand who she is. Mm-hmm. This was said about Steph Curry when he was on his rise that he understands who he is and where he is in the league. And just understanding his stardom. That's the same thing we said about Bianca Belair. You know, she's, you know, she was traveling with her parents and, you know, it was just engaging people, you know, signing autographs, taking pictures. She understands that. But last year, WrestleMania Access, the same thing, you know, people generally love her, not just black fans, not just black little girls, white little girls, Asian little girls. Everybody loves who she is. And you knew how much they value they put into her last year's SummerSlam. It is always the saying, if you can't go last, you want to go first. Set the tone right. for the night. In her hometown, you saw that crowd go crazy in Nashville. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it was the redemption story. Her and Becky mm-hmm. Lynch went out there and, you know, they did their best to tell a story, even though, you know, Becky got hurt. But yeah. just the, I mean, they, she won two championships at WrestleMania, main event at WrestleMania. That right there, you know, just to see where she's going, I think she's definitely, you know, superstar. And I mean, if you got crossover appeal, they invested in WWE superstars and they want a TV show. You think back to the Bella Twins, you think mm-hmm. back to Total Divas, you think back to um Miz, um, so Miz and uh Marie, excuse me. So yeah. now it's Bianca and Montez. When Beyonce. did we ever think we would get that? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it? What are they? What is? What's their name? What's their couple Beyonce's. name called? Right, Beyonce. Wow, Beyonce. I okay, I made it up. Oh, like, you better trademark that. Right, you better trademark it and get some money. Beyonce's. Wow, and, and, See, and, that's, and, you're sharp. You're quick. Facts. Thank you. <laughs> now, you just love seeing this, and they both, they both understand, you know, where they are, and she still has stuff she want to do in the ring. And oh, the last one I wanted to make. She's also the face of the new kind of like 
she's like the one of the best examples, her and Biggie, of the NIL program mm-hmm. that WWE is doing. You know, they mm-hmm. uh shout out to uh Seahawk. He sat down, did an interview with them for the ringer, um, and went to their dinner, and they was able to talk about, you know, they didn't gr- she didn't necessarily grow up as a fan, but understanding, you know, becoming, you know, being an athlete and making that transition. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who can do that. You know, you respect the business. You know what I mean? That was the issue with Goldberg back in the day that people felt like he didn't respect the business. Well, you know, unfortunately, he don't respect Rihanna, but, you know, he didn't want to respect Ooh, the business. Let's not do that today. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Let's not do I, it today. <laughs> but <laughs> not today. And, and that Turbo was the issue Goldberg. with him. Turbo but, exactly. But you saw, like, <laughs> people like... Uh, Big E and Bianca said, okay, all right, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna learn this craft, and you want to see them win it. So, yeah, I think she will be, when it's all said and done, the greatest women's wrestler ever. Who that's a big claim, it is that is a big claim, and it's just, mm-hmm. and even with the rise, I don't mean to interrupt anybody else who wants to go, but it's just with the rise of Bianca, I'm so happy that it's happening to her, yes. um, in this way. Because she is so wonderful and she is so, you know, athletic and just so and and just so amazing, you know, in everything that she does. It just seems like everything she touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. I remember when they were first showing those vignettes when she was coming up to the main roster from main event, even though we mm-hmm. were panicking because she was on main event. Um, I was so happy with those vignettes they were showing and I just remember saying to myself, this is almost like Mr. Perfect, except she's Mrs. Perfect. Yo. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but that's the truth. Because she's smart. Like, she was the smartest. She was beating everybody at game night. She was outrunning people in track. She was playing basketball. She lifted Otis. Like, she was doing everything. And it's just like, she's Mrs. Perfect. She's the closest thing to a Mrs. Perfect that the WWE mm-hmm. has. Wow. And it's so wonderful. That's one of my favorites of all and, time. <laughs> and it's so wonderful to see. But the only thing that I really Really wish is the fact that with their black that with as amazing as it is that they're behind Bianca I wish that they were behind all of their black women in the same way and don't just necessarily leave them on the wayside because with Bianca's success story you also have the idea that everything happened behind the scenes with Mercedes and Trinity and it's just sort of like you know all three of them really could have been dominating together like mm-hmm. I'll like with that picture that they took mm-hmm. at WrestleMania last year with with Trinity and Mercedes with the tag titles and Bianca with a raw title. Mm-hmm. Like that was a moment in time that we captured and we treasured only for it to be, you know, destroyed by whatever happened back back then. Because of course we weren't back there. I don't know. I can't right. speak to that experience with those women. So all I can say is, you know, of course their feelings are valid. But at the same time, I really wish that there was a moment for all these black women to shine instead of just sort of like a one at a time type of thing. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because you still have, because with Bianca there, you still have BFAB there. And of course, mm-hmm. we can argue about Hit Row and where they're at because, you know, we're all wondering what's going on with that. You know, are they Oof. okay? Are they mm-hmm. even okay? You know, Oof. and then it's, and then you also have Mia Yim, you know, mm-hmm. who is a, a a wonderful talent. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on the car Brandon book, by the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. And it's just like you have me and Yim, and it's just like you have 
these other black women, then you have the black women in NXT who are mm-hmm. coming up, who are like uber talented. Of course, you have Ava Rain, who is black Samoan yep. and Hispanic, because um, <laughs> she's the daughter of The Rock and Danny Garcia. So she mm-hmm. like takes all of those boxes, but she's a whole. She got character. charisma too. Woo! She mm-hmm. does. She has. I mean, come on now. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> but but exactly, that's the thing. But, I love you know, that she's able to be herself. Not. They didn't sure. try to throw her in the bloodline. Like no. she's totally something different. And I'm like, I'm loving it. She's her own person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She it's like they didn't do they didn't, you know, make her like a Charlotte Flair. And yes. I think that's that's a really good thing for her to do to stand on her own two feet in that way. And then you also have your Jakara Jacksons, you have Kaden mm-hmm. Carter, you have like you have Kiana James and you have Sol Ruka, who a few weeks ago people just found out were African American. And that really like blew our minds, but they're mm-hmm. still, you know, amazing and athletic because Kiana James impressed me at NXT Deadline. And yeah. with her being NXT champion with Fallon, like that's a cool thing that's going on. And then you also have Lash Legend. You got all these women, you know, coming down the pike, and all I want is for black women, you know, as a whole to just all be successful. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, instead of there just being sort of like a one at a time type of deal, mm-hmm. um, because we can all eat, you know. So, yeah, that's just kind of you know what I that. know. A lot of people give her a lot of flat, but it's really cool to see what Jade is doing over in AEW as well. Yeah, you know? because it, she's another one who, you know, come from you know she was an athlete, and now to be able to make that transition into the business, you know, so it's real cool to see what she's doing too. Mm-hmm. And she has mainstream appeal as well because she was on mm-hmm. Sherry just like you know Bianca was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just she like does. she has that she has that appeal. She was on the Breakfast Club and all of that as TBS champion. But there's a whole nother situation with that that a lot of people are questioning in terms say. of booking, but that doesn't necessarily have to do with her. Little so, by Weezy. So it's just <laughs> I we want more for our women, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, like Athena, and, you forgot Athena like, too. Of course, yes. With with her being Ring of Honor champion, there's so much more she could be doing. But then, of course, they do have a show coming. But you know, maybe, maybe there's something else you know on the horizon for. Yes, maybe there is an AEW. Maybe there is. (laughs) 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 And then you have the Renegade Twins who are attached. Yeah, Mm -hmm. NWA. There's still so much. There's so much improvement that could happen from a managerial standpoint. But the talent is Mm -hmm. there. Absolutely, it takes us getting in the room. You know, into yes, those creative rooms, into those, you know, the, the marketing rooms. It's, it's going to take that. You know, um, Charles Barkley said he would tell athletes to go, not when you just join a team like a basketball team, don't just, you know, go into the locker room. He said, go walk through the marketing department. And he said, you won't see too many people that look like you, you know. So then mm-hmm. once we get invade those spaces, you know, it takes people like us in these podcast spaces who may want to jump into that realm of things to be able to do that you know yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that because i want to ask you all before of course we wrap up here what is it that you guys want to see more of in terms of black people in wrestling outside of the athletic space and more inside of the intellectual space not even just in media but in the marketing or in the writing or the creative like what more do you guys want to see excellent question yeah Anybody I mean, start? That's, I, mean <laughs> I, I didn't think it would be such a pause, but go ahead, Brian. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, definitely, like, um, excuse me, definitely on the creative side, you know, um, you know, I work with Kaz, and a lot of times, you know, he, he was able to help write a lot of the stuff with 
uh Kofi Mania or, or mm-hmm. in the New Day, you know. So you definitely want to see more of that. Just be it in the room. You know what I mean? Uh, me and Krista B talk about this all the time and you know, just these opportunities, you know, when they come about, you know, even in the video production room, because there's certain things like knowing what music to choose, knowing right. how to shoot. Uh, when I was working at ESPN, there was this lady, this black lady who was like the makeup artist. And I remember when she was off, you would hear people like Jamel Hill talk about how she what the other people didn't really know how to do her makeup or do mm. some of the uh, younger black on air towns makeup. So we need to be in every single space. You know, it's room for us everywhere. So I, I, that's what I want to see. Not just like you said, obviously the on camera product, but also behind the scenes, you know, like even, you know, seeing somebody, you know, like uh, shout out to Cornell Gunther, who's, you know, doing the work with 2K games, you know, that's good to see. So that's what I want to see more of. Also, let me just say, Brian, that's a quiet flex. When I was working at ESPN, what? <laughs> quiet flex. My God. Um, uh, it was two of, years. Just, it just, was... just subtly let add that in. Right. right. Well, fun fact, I always tell people, and this one right here didn't believe me when I told him, but a lot of his, um, a lot of his being very particular about how we did things got me hired. When I, you know, it wasn't my resume of having interned at the Baltimore Sun or the Better Business Bureau. It was really the wrestling realm because Mm -hmm. they saw that, oh, okay, well, you've put forth the effort to create your own show and, you know, you're doing video production. You you know how to edit. So it was the wrestling realm that really helped me get the job. And so I had to tell him that. He was like, no, you lied. I said, bro, I'm serious. You, You really helped me get here. Yes. Give credit where credit is due. Dwayne always so daggone humble. Mm-hmm. I'm trust mm-hmm. me. I, I'm you not... see, like he <laughs> when I was at ESPN, we went, we had the previous logo, and he said, "Okay, we was trying to figure out like during that time, like of basically like staying relevant because we couldn't podcast the way we was doing it." And he had like rebranded to this logo, created a bunch of T-shirts. Uh, shout out to the wrestling realm, that wrestling realm.com. Like, there's so many different. Just casually, right? That was smooth. That was smooth. He was smooth. waiting for this moment. He was. <laughs> that was smooth. Like, that is. I'm jealous. That like, is. why didn't we catch the wave? That was smooth, yeah. brother. Hugh. The, the, the... <laughs> but yeah, Dwayne does a lot of the design work for us, and you know, just that eye for everything. And I'm like, oh, why? Why'd you just? Well, this because it, this prints better. I was like, okay, you know. So it's like, I stay out of his way. You know, even like. You know, just the mugs, like you got it. So yes. shout out to him. But yes, what more do you guys do do the rest of you want to see in um blackness in wrestling outside of just athleticism? I want to see our voices heard a little bit more as far as us the content creators. Like mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of times they have these focus groups, right? Yeah. And they're always looking for the input when it comes to the demographic, right? But I, I personally, I, I want these major companies to consult with us more, the people that's kind of on the ground floor. You know what I mean? Like when, when they, they send out these, these corporate surveys, like, okay, do you feel like you're ethnically um, represented as far as the product is concerned and all these things? It's like, well, I, I understand that, you know, they can't hire all of us and we all 
we all can't find ourselves in these rooms, as Brian H kind of said before. But I would prefer a space, and what I want is for them to call on us. If something's going down, let's let's talk to the black content creators, how they're receiving it. It's because we we have for, for a lot of us, and you know, I can speak for us now as well as, as you, uh Stephanie, we're we're like representatives of an entire population that watch the product, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and that's an important demographic that they're always constantly reaching out to, but you're not asking the right people what they're saying. You know what I mean? And I just feel like there's got to be a better space for our voices to be heard in regards to what's working, what's not working, what do we like, what we don't like, it, to help avoid stereotypes, to help avoid not knowing exactly what we're looking for, to, 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 for us to see, like, no, this is, this is what our children are looking at. This is what the audience is looking for. This is what they're hoping for. This is how we feel we should be represented. So you're not having situations like where you have a hit role where it's like, I'm going to be completely transparent. I feel like hit roles, their gimmick is outdated. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that might have been something in 2011, 12, 13. But how do you have so many other black performers be themselves? And do you want to bring out a rap group? Like that's not even in right now. Like th- their version of a rap group is not even a rap that the kids are even listening to. <laughs> So it's like, who who are you trying to market to, right? To me, to me, that's to me that's a creative flaw. I don't know who came up with the idea. I don't care if it's Triple H or Shawn Michaels. Listen, you need to have a conversation with some of us. Say, hey, listen, if you're gonna go rap, you gotta understand where rap is today, right? So if if if, if you're saying this is a PG product and we're going after, what group are you going after? You going after the twenty five percent or you go going after the seventy five percent? If you're going after the seventy five percent, bro, the raps they listen to don't look like them. Like you know what I mean? They don't look like 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 them. That's not how they dress because all their rappers are all young, and the young rappers these days got chains of their favorite animes. They got Pokemon around their neck, iced out and bust all the way down. You know what I mean? Like they, these mm-hmm. this young generation of rap group, they're unapologetically themselves. They just like okay, cool. I'm not gonna forget who I was when I was ten, but now that I'm 26, I need 10 year old version of me to have a 26 version. So now I got an ice down Pikachu around my neck. It's because that's my <laughs> way of staying in touch of who I was. I'm still a rapper. I'm still doing my mm. thing. I still got my swag. I still got my, my style, my steel or whatever you want to call it. But I still I'm still myself. Right. So then you got hit roll. Who's who's hit roll? Right. And I feel like that's to me, that's a character flaw. And to me, it's a little overly stereotypical, which is why it's not resonating with the audience, because it's like, well, who are you trying to who are you trying to cater to? But I feel like that's a miscue because I don't think you spoke to the right people. You know what I mean? If that's who you are. That, for instance, you had you have Max Caster, uh, uh, part of the acclaimed. Right. Mm-hmm. He he's he's naturally a rapper, but he doesn't have a rap gimmick. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. So when he comes out a part of the acclaim and he freestyles, that's what he does. Because when he's not wrestling, that man is freestyling outside of wrestling. That man is in concert. That man is performing. You know what I mean? So it's it there's a natural authentic twist to it without it being stereotypical. You know what I mean? That's true. But, that's true. Yeah, look at Top Dollar. Mean? Top Dollar does the same thing. Top Dollar is an amazing artist. I, if you actually I, hear his stuff, but. Like it's who who top know, dollar is as, who top dollar as an artist is not who you see on TV. Exactly, I don't know you what they, what's, what's the <laughs> you don't so get AJ Francis. That's the thing. You getting top dollar, you don't get AJ Francis, and that's the whole point though. But I like AJ Francis. I've seen. Him. I think he's a tremendous talent. But it's like yeah. him coming out as top dollar. What are you trying to do? You know what I mean? It's it, and we had the same problem with the New Day, right? Mm-hmm. You you let's let's make him overly positive. Preachers, right? But New Day got hot when they turned heels because people were so they they finally let them be heels, and, and it's like it, it that seems so far away now based off how much money they made. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, man, the, I don't even remember when they were heels, but that's when they people started to like them when they turned to bad guys. And all of a sudden, they just became eternal good guys, and that was it. Right? Why repeat those same mistakes if you're not going to give the people, the content creators, those who know what's going on, those who have their ears to the streets, a voice mm-hmm. or a platform for us to like have a symposium? Let's let the hat, let's listen. We're going to invite all the top black content creators and we're going to get all their opinions. You don't have to take them, but at least somebody's going to spark the idea. And somebody's mm-hmm. going to spark the mind that's going to change the world so that you can go forward as a company, not in stereotypes and having to lose talent. Because now you have three black superstars who have to take a back seat now because nobody knows what the heck to do with them. Right. And I think because that's a miscue. So not to be long winded, as I usually am, but that's one <laughs> of the things that I would like to see change as far as the industry is concerned is them actually listening to those who are engaged in that 25 percent are us. The ones who take the product seriously, the ones who know what it is, the ones who've seen what it looked like before and, and, and also who enjoy what they're seeing now. So there's that balance. There's a this is millennial Gen Z group that's like, no, we 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 kind of we've we kind of got our, our pulse on what it was and what it can be and what it is now. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like we need those spaces where we can kind of, you know, help them engage along in their diversity and equity and inclusion, inclusive uh campaigns that they do when they you know kind of promote our black superstars as well as you you gave a complete diatribe about what it means for black women to be included in the product in a way that they're not being included right now why are you not in the room to have that everything you said was intelligent everything you said was very specific and it was very true why are you not in the room someone is not taking notes on what you just had to say because everything you said was completely true and guess what at the end of the day if they learn to do that imagine how much money they're going to make as a corporation come mm-hmm. on now like i'm not i'm not here to play any games like there's no reason why in the world you're not sitting in a room and they say no what you're saying is absolutely true we need to take notes on this whether they do it or not that's the spaces that i feel like we need to be in so that we can have these conversations so that we can change creatives so that we can change the idea of management of our people so that even if we're not in place they know what's acceptable what's not acceptable what they should do what they shouldn't do what we'll accept what we won't accept and you don't have a group like hit row three talented performers trying to figure out what they're going to be now because because they were given something and now it's not working and now you have to sit there and wait now because of something that was given to you which i don't think is personally fair but you know that's the business so that's what i would like to see different Black culture is like running America right now. I, I, right. So, so who do so you think? So, who should, said, who should who should who should you be talking to, brother Hugh? The black people. Okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Black black culture is pop culture. Like I'm all blacked out today in solidarity because I knew this is Black History Month. You see what I'm saying? Like black <laughs> is beautiful. That's why we here. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brandon? Well, that Jericho. was a. Um, <laughs> now follow that. Hey, like it's nothing else to say. Like in, in HBK form. <laughs> so the only thing I would say is the I want to see more, like uh, Brother Dwayne said, in the creative because everything doesn't have to be stereotypical. Because I see that I get it. Give me that. Give me to the point where the creative team understands strip everything away what do we have here is it a good wrestler or is it a black wrestler is it a good storyline or is it a black storyline everything don't have to be oh we want to push apollo cruz make him nigerian give him an accent why he did okay as united states champion when there was no fans 
but we didn't even want to say, nope, we want to push him again, but we got to give him this. You didn't give it to the last United States champion, so why are you pushing this gimmick down my throat with this there person? Why, why must it be a gimmick or an attachment? Just let the character be, because we've mm-hmm. seen when they let's look at, and this might be controversial because I don't, I'm not for sure. Let's look at Ricochet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what to say out his mouth at times in social media, <laughs> but in the ring, <laughs> you can't deny what he does. And could Absolutely. you put yeah. a division, and I'm not saying the company, but could you put a division on his back and let him be the person kids could look up to because for a little bit, he was showing, oh, look at me. I'm the superhero. I look like Nightwing. I look like Robin. I look like this. Something mm-hmm. that can connect. And then it was mm-hmm. like, nope, strip it away. You're Ricochet. We're going to feed you to Brock Lesnar next week. Okay, we get pushy. Hey, be happy now. We'll sit down in the back. Hold, hold this title for a minute. AJ, take the title from him. All right, hold this again. <laughs> you know, put these J's on this week, but then take them off. You don't think people don't pay attention to these little things? But let Roman Reigns come out there with exclusives. It's okay. Because that's mm. his gimmick. He's It's okay. But as soon as the black person, nope, 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 nope. Take it away. Nope. We don't want that because that's not what we gave you. Because look at look at his gear. And I know Brian is a big person about gear and sort of the way. Just let us be us. There's nothing wrong with Apollo Crews wrestling and trunks. But now since he's the Nigerian, what was he, the Nigerian warrior or something, now he's got to have all of that in your face. Cedric Alexander was wearing Black Panther stuff before Black Panther was mainstream. And that was his thing. Then it was like, nope, strip, strip it away. But that's mm-hmm. what Cedric Gallagher was when he was the heart. I'm sorry, he was the soul of the 205 Live, right? Mm-hmm. That was his gimmick. But then it mm-hmm. was, oh, let's do something else with him. You know what I mean? But it's just so much. Let us be creative to be us because us is what uh, what we're going to relate to. I cringe when I see Hit Row. Everything mm-hmm. about Hit Row just makes me cringe. Big right? time. Because it's not authentic. No, it's, it's just not. not. I hate to say it like that. And just like I was excited when. Not that two black women main event at night one of WrestleMania. I was excited that the WWE said, this is what we need to do. And what better women to do it than two women that was on top of their game, not a Charlotte Flair that had been there and done that, that has been proven. No, let's see what these two women can do. And look what they did. They showed up. Mm-hmm. They put their stamp of approval when you let them be them. When you let them be them. When you let them just be. It didn't have to be, oh, look at me. I'm this big extravagant. I'm spending money. I'm dri-. No. Sasha Banks was the boss, and it was the EST. That was it. That's them. That and then it. they did it with a third of the story, too, because we're not even going to discuss the fact that they weren't even, <laughs> like, like they did it with a third of the story and went in there and yeah. had probably one of the best main events I've ever seen in my life in right. WrestleMania, and period. Right, because when we talk That's about it, like, you made the comment. Do. There you go. He made the comment about Trish Stratus. Everybody talks Trish and Lena, but we forget Jazz was just there as much as we say The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H. You got to say Trish, Lena, and Jazz. Absolutely. Trish, Lena, Mickey James. Trish, mm-hmm. Lena, Jazz, Victoria. You got to add these yeah. people because they were, and I'm going to say to these people because they're, they're pivotal to the story, mm-hmm. but we seem to forget that because creative won't allow us. Like, that's, why that's is true. That we're not? We're not given the accolades of why is it not Big E is a former NXT and WWE champion? Right. Give him that accolade because he was the one to dethrone the chosen one. 
Yep. But we right. seem to forget that. And he was just a powerlifting gimmick. But when he was able to be Big E in the New Day, everybody loves it. Yep. Because we, yeah. we're seeing the authentic Big E right now. Exactly. But I just want the creative to understand we are marketable as us. We are exactly. the ones that can put we can put the company or division on our back and watch what we do. Because Eight. truth be told, look what Ricochet did at NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He put he put different he didn't put extra eyes. He just put different eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate it, look at Shane Strickland and Keith Lee. Yeah. That's true. You know so we yep. when you allow them to do it just just let them do it like just be let the creative show because we're gonna we some creative people if you let us be us mm-hmm. you, you preach right now brother us, we Say get that. we get to the point you're like wait a minute oh oh wait a minute what just happened oh okay <laughs> oh just let them be themselves it's working yeah oh yeah wait a minute, just put a microphone in their hand or just ring the bell oh that's all we gotta do okay go ahead mm-hmm. got it excellent points Absolutely. You should have had an organ playing in the background. I'm telling you, bro. I'm, I'm ready to pass the collection plate. Right. Only the doors of the church are open. Yeah. yeah just, we just got to be us. And it's, I hate to say it, it's when you after Street Profits gimmicks are going to be, because I hated that red solo cup, because I'm like, is yeah, that an end the window to something else? Right. Why are you, you know, and it's guy. like, why can't they just be the Jersey guys that like jerseys that's always going to appeal sure. to wherever they're at? There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do like jerseys. Mm-hmm. Let them whatever their gimmick is going to be. Why did it have to be? Oh, we're just to get hype, man. We the yep. NXT champions. Look at us. We're, we're the flavor of the week. Oh, look now we're the Raw champions. Oh, we're the SmackDown. Why? Just let because when Angelo Dawkins starts showing who he is, it's like oh, you notice him. Man. He is a yeah. nerd. I'm surprised they didn't get him to see uh sponsorship. And I yeah, and then on how top much of that, he... he's so. And he's so athletic too, and he's having a moment, and then so is Montez. And it's just mm-hmm. like they were triple, they really are triple crown champions at this point. And yeah. they've even won, I believe, the progress champions, I think, championships at one point. Um, but oh, yeah. it's like they, yeah, wow. like I totally they forgot really about that. Are, they did, I forgot, yeah. Like I remember when that happened because I was a big fan of them in NXT, so I was watching everything they were doing. So it's just like they were on champions like that so it's just like to see them get the type of respect they're getting now especially Angela who was there like he was there for NXT a while for a long time like, he, was, he, like he was one of Sasha Banks' he... bodyguards in the beginning I was surprised he didn't get cut I was I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you I was like man this guy with two headbands on his head I was like oh he's still around when they first had the street problem I was he like changing, he kept changing his look too remember yeah oh oof I'm happy for him now right absolutely Mm-hmm. But yes, all these are great answers. Has you wanted? Have, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Man, what else can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want to be fair. You know, I ain't trying to repeat everything else. I mean, Dwayne went in, and then brother, you know, Brandon over there wiping the sweat off his forehead and preaching to the choir. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, all right then. <laughs> okay. But I just want to, well, it's just like I've said ad nauseum on the show what I want. Um, I want more women in the room, more women on the pre shows, um, actually talking about the action just as well as the men do. And I also want women Ooh. on commentary and women, we need a of woman course, on commentary. 
women writing mm-hmm. and all of the things. So I just want more of that and, and less of us, you know, we can do backstage stuff, you know, that's fine. And that takes a level of intelligence to be able to do. Um, but there's more to us than just that. And I just want more of that. So, well, they, yeah. They're they waiting on you. I was about to say, we need oh, you yeah, on we commentary. Need, that's why I said we need more women on commentary. <laughs> they wait Stephanie on Hardy you. on commentary. It's a chair over commentary. there. It's a chair right next to Michael Cole waiting for you. Yep. Waiting for you oh, with, your, with your name on it. Name it and claim it. It's yours. Uh, we need you. From, your li- from all of your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and doing this collaboration with me. It's been such a fun time. And hopefully, of course, if you guys ever want to come back, y'all are welcome to join me um, at any point. So at this point, just tell everybody where they can find and follow you and what you guys got going on. I'm just glad we got invited back because we, because <laughs> we, because we, we, we tend to cut up out everywhere. This is like this is why nobody wants us around. But <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you had a good time and with us. Four, four, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she didn't know what she was in for. She said, "Yeah, wow. this is the first one." <laughs> we we were trying really really hard to behave ourselves today. I just want to put that out there. So we definitely appreciate it. He wasn't. You. He was not. No, he doesn't. But that's just him, though. Brother, he just look at him. He doesn't. He's, but go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Well, y'all can find us everywhere on uh at Wrestling Rome, Rome spelled with a W, www.wrestlingrome.com. Also, we have a Patreon. Uh, the real Dwayne Allen has uh created a new series called Wrestling Figures Wednesdays, so he gives an in depth discussion about his passion for wrestling action figures. And I promise you, it's good writing. I also do Brian H. Thoughts there. Uh, where I give you about a 10-minute podcast about whatever is on my mind at the time. And then sometimes I write as well. And then you can also catch Wrestling for the Culture. You can catch the flagship show, the Wrestling Round, on our YouTube channel. You can catch Break It Down with Brian H., but most importantly, every Wednesday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Wrestling Round Now podcast. And then, of course, you know, check out our merch store. We got new shirts because the real Dwayne Allen been yeah. cooking in the lab. With all right. all of the things like it's just so great <laughs> y'all do so much and it's so wonderful so of course this has been the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy and the kings of the wrestling realm and until next time bye y'all <laughs> <laughs>